Blog Talk Radio.
on the mind of God is what you have to do. What does that mean? Go get something. You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. The becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, you'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. Undivided. Unbroken. Complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is, this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can. I know how. I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it. Because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously. It doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If your subconscious keeps making you make mistakes, it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G-O-D right now. I am master, able, and noble right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G-O-D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you, supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... You, what do you mean, not many? We got so many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking, poor. Quit thinking, I don't have it. I don't... I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win $20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible. 
And the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got to close the book, the Spirit told her, don't close that book. Write them numbers down. <laughs> and carried them to the wind. Wait a minute. I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money. Because a penny is money. And he'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? Who told you you wasn't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. Yeah. I'm sick. It's okey-doke. Yeah. I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. <laughs> quit going. Quit going for okie doke. You hear me? Now I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one who will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. See? A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always listen. When you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for. When you stop listening to your own truth. Take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way. And one way only. By desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire is the law of mind and action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire. If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not going to become God, certainly not by accident. That's a car running over you. Not God. You have to have it in here. If you want to be a servant, that's already in there. That's easy. Upgrade. You heard the statement, 
or grow up. Well, yeah, grow up. <laughs> and, and find out you might be 25 feet tall. That's a Reverend Biscuit in me coming out there. I want to talk to you and talk to everybody out there about what I have learned is the most important and efficient way to get where you want to be. It's to visualize.
And why do I say that? Because after 46 years and teaching you morons for 23 years, you want to take the easy way out. Because you think life is a journey. That is horseshit. Life's a journey if you're a moron and you're retarded. That's why, you know, that's what, that's what you've done with the life up here to four. It's been a journey. And how good is the fucking journey? You tell me. Wouldn't you have rather, when the first time you went out with somebody that you thought you were in love with, thought is the operative word, wouldn't you have lied to have a, a template? Oh, let's follow this process instead of, because that is a journey. And all the mistakes you made and raising this fucking little shithead for kids you got, instead of having this book, life doesn't have to be a journey. It's a journey for morons. You think life is a journey for the Trump kids? It's a motherfucking process, the same process his daddy raised him by. Same for me. Life ain't a journey if you're my kid. It's a goddamn process. So you tell me if you're results-orientated at all, Who's better off, the journey or the process? And for the most part, most people in this room and most people listening on YouTube have to come to the realization, as sad as it is, that you have pissed, you have urinated, heretofore, up until this morning, your entire life down a fucking shithole. Very simple. That's it. If you want to create massive wealth. If you just want to be a happy, slappy housewife from fucking Dundee or a happy, slappy bimbo from fucking Toronto or a happy, slappy guy who goes to the Little League games in Mesa, Arizona, then that's okay. But if you want to create some fucking money, and money's not everything. But if you don't money, think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to fucking shop. Say that with an Irish accent. Okay. If you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. If you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. Correct. <laughs> uh, correct. And, but I mean, you can get money and then go save the world. You can get money and save the forests in Brazil. You make money and go save global warming, which I don't believe in. You just, I mean, and save the, uh, the kids in Biafra and all that shit. But without money, you can't save a fucking thing. Don't you understand? Don't the fucking idiots on YouTube understand that? Until you make some shekels. Until you make some fucking coin. You can't help anybody. Because if love got the job done, you wouldn't all be fucked up. And I've had mothers, daughters, grandfather, daughter, uh, son. I've run three generations of the gamut in this seminar here. And they all say the exact same thing. 
The daughter looks to the mother, you fucked me up. The, the mother looks to the father, you fucked me up. And they all agree. And where it really gets dicey is the second or, three day, second or third days after they have a few drinks, a few pops. Then it, gets, it can get fucking ugly, as Sally would say. Fucking ugly. Nothing like a mother to turn on her daughter or vice versa. Nothing like it. It's like in the fucking movies. It's like a goddamn soap opera. Because that's life. And if we admit it to ourselves, then we have an opportunity to move on. If we don't, then we're just fucked in the quagmire. To the new evolution radio network where the evolution is the revolution. I'm just far from being a star It's just that close to quitting I never should have came close to me But I want to be a musician Pippin' not a politician Listen, feel my position It's a rough transition Plus I'm way too deep in the game To be trying to change From fortune and fame and glamour I could be in a slammer Six feet up under Atlanta It's a blessing to breathe I walk the streets with seven felonies I'm blessed to be free Long as somebody up in heaven Who keep blessing the G CIP will still be blessed to see these Some haters you can see these Cause I'm back now with something to prove Everything the game, pimpin' nothing to lose I oughta start smackin' niggas when it's nothing to do They too big, shoot them in the leg and even the hard Let your brand with Captain C-Rod Trap with KT and Broad with JR But home with DP, broke bread with JG Switch labels like KP, who fuck did all that to me? Even though I'd rather go back to slangin' drugs and shit It's a gang of niggas and bitches really love this shit I can't quit, even though police is hate Let you criticize me one at a time. Those 
you think I'm too cocky, get in front of the line. Whether you don't like my ego or my arrogant flow. Don't like the when you say I'm tight, I say I already know. Don't like how I was talking shit before my arm could blow. Think I need to calm it down, be more like the average Joe. So, fuck you, your thoughts and that little house you think I'm in. Get a Benz, I value your opinion in. Think I give a fuck how many times I recommend. Fuck what you recommend. Come back again. I can't quit. Even though police hate them to cheat. Rappers hate it because they know I'm the shit. Hell no, I can't quit. Them niggas hating on the money I'm getting. Most of them hating because I'm fucking they bitch. Now I'm pimping, I can't quit. Some niggas hating on the rocks and the rain. Some of them hate because they don't think I'm the kind. Hell no, I can't quit. People hate it when you're better than them. They ain't, ain't stop worrying me. Changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the New Evolution Radio Network. Investors, 
business owners and wealth creators come face to face with daily during their business operations. Number one, your spouse could potentially become your biggest creditor. 50% of South African marriages end up in divorce, unfortunately. Number two, business creditors suing you for loans or any account that might be outstanding. Risk number three, SARS is a massive financial risk for the entrepreneur, the property investor, the business owner, and the wealth creator, especially in the form of estate duty, capital gains tax, and executive fees. If your assets, your blood, sweat, and tears are not structured correctly in wealth protection and wealth creation trust structures, SARS will wipe out close to 35% of your net wealth through taxes on debt. The fourth risk that entrepreneurs and property investors face is business failure. If all your assets are still in your own name, the first wave of creditors will take judgment as fast as they possibly can. They will attach your assets, they will auction it off as quickly as possible, and you'll be realizing around about 20% of the true market value of your assets. On the other hand, if your assets are structured in a trust and the trust is the legal and legitimate owner of your assets, you will be worthless. You will be worthless to any creditor. Risk number five, claims by your employees. Your employees can sue you for unfair labor practice. Your tenant can sue you for slipping in the property while he's showering. Weird things do indeed happen, and we need to be prepared for anything. The rich and the wealthy business owners and the wealthiest people of our time don't own a car. They don't own a business, and they don't own any assets or even money. They do coincidentally control their businesses, their properties, and also control all their assets through setting up the correct trust structures. Each trust structure should contain its own underlying and individual risk. The most successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and property investors that I have been very fortunate to personally meet in our live seminars and through personal consultations and strategic meetings have all structured their life and their assets in separate trusts containing and housing their different asset classes of investments. For instance, they will have a family trust for their paid off no debt assets. We refer to this as their your unencumbered assets. They also have a separate trust containing their bonded properties they use for wealth creation. They also have a third trust called a business shareholding trust that contains the shareholding of the respective company or companies. And the more companies they have, the more trusts they set up that will house that specific shareholding of that specific PTY Limited or business. Now, I would like to share with you the five absolute myths, the misconceptions, the biggest misconceptions in the financial industry today surrounding trusts. I'm also going to teach you the 10 indispensable reasons why every entrepreneur, property investor, business owner, and wealth creator 
must have their trust created before buying property or before going into a new business venture. Let's start with what I call the five absolute myths and misconceptions about trust. When I'm talking about a trust, I'm specifically referring to an interdivus discretionary trust. It is a living trust, a trust that is set up while you are alive, not a testamentary trust set up when you die. The first myth and misconception about trust is, and I always hear my investors and my students say, trusts are only for the wealthy, Jacques. And I always say, well, the truth is, the wealthy have set up these incredible wealth structures and trust structures, these vehicles, before they became wealthy. Trusts are for the ambitious. Trusts are for the hardworking, the visionaries, the entrepreneurs, the property investors, the people that believe in their own ability to create and protect wealth the right and the legal way so that they can enjoy the same tax advantages and asset protection advantages and benefits that the wealthy have been enjoying for centuries already and are enjoying today. You know, the irony of all of this is that a correctly structured property investment trust or business trust or family trust is the exact vehicle that has been used for over 900 years to create wealth and leave legacies worth. Yes, folks, this thing called a trust is more than 900 years old and it's probably going to be here for another 900 years. The vehicle you choose to create and protect your wealth in is indispensable for you achieving your financial freedom goals. Just remember that you can be the best racing driver. But if you're driving an old pickup truck and your mother climbs into a new Ferrari, she's going to make you look silly. She's going to beat the pants off you again and again, and she's going to win the race. You don't want your mom to beat you, do you? Well, I thought so. And myth number two, trusts have the worst tax rate, I hear people say. Well, this is true, but only half the truth. It's only where the trustees decide to retain the profits and not distribute such profits to the beneficiaries where the trust will be taxed at the 40% marginal tax rate. Trust law and the Income Tax Act allows the trust in terms of a concept called the conduit pipeline principle, where you can shift the tax burden from a trust to the hands of the beneficiary, such as an individual, and therefore pay tax at the individual's marginal tax rate. You can legally make use of this incredible mechanism and achieve better tax efficiency than you ever could have in your personal capacity. Myth number three, trusts are expensive, I hear everybody say. Yes, it's true. It does cost money to set up a proper trust structure. The question you should rather be asking is, how much money is it going to cost me and my family by not having a proper trust created? In practice, a correctly structured and administered trust is a lot more economical and also more cost-efficient than running a CC or even a PTY Limited, a company. What really is the most expensive is the cost of ignorance, the cost of not being properly informed and educated with regards to the real benefits 
and the real advantages of a proper wealth creation trust and wealth protection trust. The cost of estate duty, capital gains tax, executive fees, and income taxes not taken advantage of because you never took the time to set up a proper trust structure is very, very, very expensive. The bad news is you are going to die and taxes will have to be paid and debts will have to be settled, but not in a trust as you will see shortly. Another cost saving is that most trusts, if specified in the trustee, does not require to be audited annually, which will save you a lot of money, especially from an administration cost perspective. Of course, all trusts must be registered for income tax purposes at SOMS. Myth number four, I will lose control over my assets. I always hear people say, especially if it's owned by a trust. There is a big difference how this notion of giving up control over your assets is executed in practice versus how it is theoretically taught and interpreted in our academic society. It is very important to note that there should always be a minimum of two trustees, one of those being totally independent from the founder and the beneficiaries. There must be a clear distinction between control and enjoyment of the trust assets. And the unbiased, unrelated, and impartial third party called the independent trustee is the perfect person or juristic entity to satisfy the South African Revenue Service that there is indeed a clear distinction between control and enjoyment of the trust assets. In practice, the trustees are the parties that control the trust. That's why careful consideration should be taken whether a spouse needs to be part of the Board of Trustees. There are ways of structuring your trust so that you don't feel that you are giving away full control over your assets. And there are also ways of structuring your trust where you will be the founder, the trustee, and the beneficiary of the trust with other beneficiaries and trustees and still satisfy SARS and the master of the High Court of the legitimacy and the lawfulness of your trust structure. The concept of a trust has worked successfully for over 900 years, and I'm almost dead certain that it can and will successfully work for you and your family. Myth number five. Trusts are being investigated by the South African Revenue Service. Most of our parliamentarians, politicians, and friends from government have trust structures in place, and it would be very surprising to see them changing trust laws so that they can lose millions of rand in their wealth portfolios that are perfectly structured and positioned within multiple trust structures. SARS have been investigating trusts for many, many years, but so is every other entity like a company and CCs and even private individuals being investigated every single year for multiple, multiple years. Trusts are also being investigated when they have been brutally misused and mismanaged. If a trust is structured correctly and administered properly, according to the Trust Deed and the Trust Property Control Act that governs trust in South Africa, you will have 
peace of mind knowing that your trust will be 100% bulletproof. Here are the 10 indispensable reasons why you should be setting up your trust structure as soon as possible. The type of trust that we are referring to and that we're talking about is an intervivus discretionary trust. This is a trust that is set up while you're alive. The first, the first reason, reason why a trust, why a trust is indispensable, indispensable and why you, and why you must consider, consider creating, a, creating trust a trust is number, is number one, the primary reason, reason asset, asset protection. protection. Without any doubt, the best and most holistic asset protection strategy for entrepreneurs is to have a minimum of two trust structures consisting out of the following. Number one, a wealth protection trust also referred to as your family trust. And number two, your wealth creation trust, referred to as your property trust. In the wealth protection trust, the first trust, you want to effectively separate your assets from your liabilities and have them in two separate different compartments. Your paid up assets should be housed in the wealth protection trust. Like I said, this is referred to as your family trust. Also, your no-risk trust. Your wealth protection trust will hold your debt-free and risk-free assets, like paid-up cars, furniture, household contents, typically your movable assets, your investments, listed shares, even your life insurance, your cash, and your equipment. By the way, there are some serious and massive tax advantages and asset protection advantages if you've got your life insurance policy structured the right way. The second trust is your wealth creation trust, the property trust. This is also referred to as your business share trust. This can be in the form of a property or business share trust where your business shareholding is protected in the business share trust. Remember that having all your assets in the same trust can potentially cause the proverbial domino effect. Remember, one single asset being at risk can expose all the other assets contained in that particular entity. This is the core reason you don't ever want to mix your indebted assets with your paid-up assets in the same entity. Bonded properties should not be mixed with paid-up assets like your paid-up vehicles, furniture, equipment, or cash, all in the same entity. By the way, an intervivus trust, discretionary trust, is the perfect entity to structure your buy-to-let property investment property there. The second reason why a trust is just indispensable is for the following reason. There is no estate duty payable on your desk. One of the biggest tax bills besides your personal income tax bill that you will incur, occurs on your desk. As much as one-third of all your life assets, your blood, sweat, and tears will go to SARS. These are assets that you have acquired with money that you've already paid tax on while you were alive. The most important thing that you have to remember is that a trust lives in perpetuity, forever. And a trust never dies. It literally lives forever. By having a trust created, 
the saving of 20% in the form of death taxes above the 3.5 million rand abatement amount, effectively, it is a state duty that you're saving, and a state duty is a tax on after-tax money. This is what I call double taxation, and it's just insane, especially if you can so easily avoid it by merely putting a trust structure in place. The third indispensable reason why you should have a trust, there is no capital gains tax payable on debt. Capital gains tax is levied on the event of the disposal of an asset. The death of an individual is also deemed such an event. On your death, it is seen as you have disposed of your assets to your deceased estate. And this triggers the tax on all assets that appreciated in value. By having your properties and all your assets in a trust, there will be no capital gains tax of 13.32% payable on debt. This means zero capital gains tax on your debt. The fourth reason why a trust is indispensable is because on your debt, there is no executive fees payable. No executive fees of 3.5% plus VAT. And please note that the executor who is appointed to wind up your estate will charge around about 3.5% of the gross value of your estate, which means this could effectively end up being hundreds of thousands of rands. If all your assets is in a trust, you will have no estate to wind up and therefore executive fees will again not be applicable. The fifth reason why a trust is indispensable is that there will be no costs on death payable. Many costs will arise on your debt, like costs to cancel bonds, costs to transfer any properties, as the estate cannot wind cannot be winded up if there is debt in the estate. If your properties are held in a trust, the debt will not have to be settled, and there will be no cancellation of bond costs, as well as any transfer costs, as the beneficiaries can become the follow-up trustees to manage and administer the trust assets. No tax implications. The sixth reason why a trust is indispensable is that it gives you incredible income tax benefits and advantages. Please remember that the primary reason why we create trusts is for asset protection. However, there is a very important concept firmly entrenched in the Income Tax Act called the conduit principle. The trustees of the trust, the Board of Trustees, can choose to let the trust pay income tax on its own income, or they can choose for the individual beneficiaries to pay income tax in their personal marginal tax rate if the trustees decide to distribute the trust income down to the beneficiaries. If your children are beneficiaries and not paying tax, it would make sense for them to pay the income tax rather than have the trust pay it, wouldn't it? The first 70,700 Rand income received for an individual earning income in South Africa is tax-free. So if you have children that are minors, it will be a good idea to declare the tax liability of the trust income in their personal hands instead of the trust. This means the tax liability of the trust 
can be drastically minimized and cash flow can be optimized. You can do the same with rental income and interest earned from the trust. This is absolutely awesome. The seventh reason why a trust is indispensable is that the minors of the trust, your children, will be protected. The South African law does not allow for minors to inherit. This is because they do not have any contractual capacity. If you want to bequeath or leave your assets to your minors, children under the age of 18, the assets will have to be liquidated and paid to the guardian's fund, which is like a money market fund administered by government. You definitely don't want the government looking after your children's money until they reach the age of majority, which is 18 years old. Take care of your children and show them love by creating a family trust to protect your wealth, not just today or on your death, but also for future generations to come. The eighth reason why a trust is indispensable is that there is no estate freezing and your loved ones, like your spouse, will have access to your accounts your assets, and your cash immediately on your death. The ninth reason why a trust is indispensable is because it is the perfect buy-to-let property investment vehicle. Unlimited losses can be accumulated in the trust, and refinancing is tax-free. That can be used to accumulate more losses and more assets, and to just purchase more properties with tax free money. If you understand the bigger picture about this scenario and you know how to practically implement it, it will be a total game changer for you and, and your property portfolio. We explain property investment refinancing and building a, a proper sustainable portfolio in the iGrow Property Investment Seminar. So please attend one of our property investment seminars as well. The tenth reason why a trust is indispensable is because you can leave a legacy. If your trust is properly structured and drafted, there will be comprehensive continuity and succession planning for generations to come, and your assets will transfer tax-free from the one generation to the other. I really hope that what I've shared with you have shed some light on the myths and the advantages and the incredible opportunities that lies awake and waiting for entrepreneurs to take action on. Wealth protection and wealth creation is both critically important in today's society and volatile economy. With more than 90% of business owners who close their doors after 5-7 to seven years after opening them is unfortunately a reality and a frightening statistic. If you're serious about creating and protecting and growing your wealth, and very importantly, leaving a legacy, don't wait another minute. It's your responsibility to create and protect and grow wealth for yourself, your family, and your loved ones. While you leave a legacy for generations to come, do it now. Do it today. And give yourself the peace of mind that your family deserves. Successful investment. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides. 
Trapping in the van up with your bitches stop Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent the dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife Put that Felipe Aviani, we on a different time Had to hustle and rob, they ain't leave me a choice This can't be life, Jay-Z and Bean's voice Never had a nine to five, I ain't believing that So the block is where I decided I'm eating that The staircase is where the fiends used to meet me at Police searching me, looking for work, but I was seeking that Was on that block every night, getting to that bag Wanted that Kooji and Versace shit Biggie had Cooking that cocaine till it turned hard I'm living in hell, still believing in God I got faith like I'm Frank White Fiends don't want that work if it ain't right Niggas don't want you coming up if they ain't eating The block's jumping, I'm out here, I ain't leaving I'm popping, I ain't one of these lame niggas Me and Carmelo Anthony fucking the same strippers Going hand in hand is what made me a boss I know how to bounce back after taking the loss See tough guys turning the bitches in court Just made them realize they ain't as tough as they thought Bodies done drop for this money I got I earned these diamonds that I got in my watch I earned these diamonds that I got in my chain I treated myself for putting in all of that pain I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the van up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent the dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife Put that Felipe Aviani, we on a different time I just wanna open this up, telling y'all I'm opening up I wanna be able to smell it before I open it up That shit ain't potent enough, I be plotting low in the cut Looking at the TV like that's supposed to be us But who am I to blame? I'm still a student of the game I maneuvered out the rain and broke my shooters when I came Yeah, I need a bitch that's a down one When them pounds come, make this out of town run Don't lead till your round's done Time to time I still chop it up with the old heads They told me how most niggas snitch when you go fast Told me to switch the hustle to flow dead My brother Pop died and flow dead You ain't quote dead Sometimes I still wish I had a brick for the coke heads Pull up with a mountain of snow and tell them go sled Remember Halloween's back when we used to throw eggs yeah. Still in mopeds, gave a fuck what the Pope said fuck. Nigga, which one you happen to pick? Judge by 12 or carry by 6 Granddad said be careful with the drugs Don't let them defeat you I said I don't do the drugs I just tell them the people He told me it's cold love when you going up Couple niggas come through and see how you holding up Bitches on your cell wall that you was holding up Give it some time, them packages and them bitches start slowing up I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the van up with your bitches side. Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent the dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife Put that Felipe Aviani, we on a different time What's your definition of greatness? I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. My parents were, were great. You know, growing up, you know, they instilled in me the importance of imagination, of curiosity. 
understanding that, okay, if you want to accomplish something, I'm not just going to sit here and say, yes, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can, but you have to also put in the work to get there. You grow up as a kid thinking that all things are possible if you put in the work to do it. You you grow up having that fundamental belief. Uh, My father... Uh, was really influential at a really critical time where I, you know, I had a summer where I played basketball when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And here I come playing and I don't score one point the entire summer. I scored not a free throw, not a nothing, not a lucky shot, not a breakaway layup, zero points. And I remember crying about it and being upset about it. And my father just gave me a hug and said, listen, whether you score zero or score 60, I'm going to love you no matter what. That is the most important thing that you can say to a child. It gives me all the confidence in the world to fail. But to hell with that, I'm scoring 60. From there, I just went to work. And I just wow. I stayed with it. I kept practicing, kept practicing, kept practicing. I think that's when the idea of understanding a long-term view became important. Because I wasn't going to catch these kids in a week. I wasn't going to catch them in a year. right? So that's when I sat down and said, okay, this is going to take some thought. I started creating a menu of things. Mm. When I came back the next summer, I was a little bit better. Open shots, not miss open shots. Be able to shoot it with speed because those kids are so much more athletic. So it's a simple thing of math. If you want to be a great player, if you play every single day, two, three hours, every single day over the course of a year, how much better are you getting? If you're obsessively training two, three hours every single day over a year, over two years, you make quantum leaps. Show up every single day, do the work. They're looking at me as if, okay, this kid's soft, right? He's from the suburbs of Philadelphia. They felt like they could try to be physical or try to intimidate me and do all sorts of stuff, which they couldn't. Now I'm saying, okay, well, you're trying to attack me. How am I going to attack you? One of the things I would do is, while everybody would be at the cafeteria work, you know, eating and doing all sorts of stuff, I'd just go back to the gym. Yeah, I may be from the suburbs, but you're not going to outwork me. Right, look at thing, things at their smallest. A lot of times the game starts moving really fast. But if you train yourself to watch hours and hours of film, the game's not moving that fast anymore. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an obsessiveness that comes along with it. You want things to be as perfect as they can be. Understanding that nothing is ever perfect. But the challenge is try to get them as perfect as they can be. So how can we teach our children what it means to work hard? Well, you do it through training. Right? So when I get up in the morning, my daughter goes with me. 4 a.m., my 15-year-old goes with me. It becomes a daddy-daughter thing. Through that process, she understands the value of hard work. So it's through those behaviors uh, um, is where I find the motivation to mm. do it. Well, what does losing feel like to you? Uh, it's exciting because it means you have different um, ways to get better. There are certain things that you can figure out that you can take advantage of, right? Certain weaknesses that were exposed. Mm. There are answers there if you just look at them. It's a constant process. It's exciting when you win, it's exciting when you lose because the process should be exactly the same. The hardest thing is to face that stuff. I think it's the fear of, of starting anew. When you play for 20 years, I play for 20 years, you reach a certain level, 
You're like, okay, wait a minute. I have to start again at the base of a mountain and try to climb the top of this mountain. First of all, what mountain am I climbing? I don't even know, like, what the hell am I going to be doing? The thing that helped me actually was hurting my Achilles because that forced me to sit there and say, okay, the day could be today that your career is over. First question I asked, which is the wrong question, is what's the biggest industry I can get into? I said, okay, stop thinking of it that way. You're thinking of it the wrong way. Why did you start playing basketball? Because I loved it. All right, what do you love to do? Oh, I love to tell stories. Mm. All right, let's do that. I think stories is what moves the world. Nothing in this world moves without story. And so I think that is the root of everything. And if we're going to try to make the world a better place, story is the right place to start. my English teachers at Lord Marion named uh, uh, Mr. Fisk. He had a great quote that said, rest at the end, not in the middle. And that's something I always live by. I'm not going to rest. I'm going to keep on pushing now. There are a lot of answers that I don't have, even questions that I don't have. But I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going, and I'll figure these things out as you go, right? And you just continue to build that way. So that, I try to live by that all the time. The most obsolete idea is go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, get out of debt and invest for the long term in the stock market. See, why would you save money when they're printing trillions of dollars? The gap between the 1% and 99% is massive. You see, it's not just money. You have to step back and look at the bigger picture. So what do you do? In every one of us is a poor person. There's still a poor person inside me. There's also a middle class person, and the middle class person wants security. They want that steady paycheck. And there's a rich person. And they're all inside of us, except that it's not taught. It's, you're taught to go to school, get a job, and get a paycheck. You're not taught to how to get rich. If you're red, rich dad, poor dad, my rich dad refused to pay me. He said the paycheck was one of the most damaging things you could take in your life. He says, the moment you take a paycheck, you're an employee, and that's the mindset. So my rich dad never paid me. He drove up my poor dad, you know, government employee, nuts. You gotta pay people, you gotta pay people. And rich dad was not saying that the paycheck was bad. He says, he, he didn't want to be a slave to money. So as an entrepreneur, you know, if, if, if rich dad folded, I just started another company. I don't need a paycheck. I don't need anybody to take care of me. If my government doesn't like me, I move to another country because they need entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So the entrepreneur is not so much the business. The entrepreneur is really the mindset and the skill sets and the different set of rules. You see, I don't operate, small business does not operate in the same rules as big business. Entrepreneur is a mindset first, a skill set and rules. And depending upon whether you're an employee or a small business, mm -hmm. the roles are different. The mindsets are different. The skill sets are different. You could say one thing to somebody who's never been an entrepreneur, 
and they're thinking about making the leap of faith into becoming an entrepreneur, what could you tell them? Well, I'll just tell them the same thing that happened to me. You know, my last paycheck, I still remember it clearly. It was one of the worst and the best days of my life. And I was in Puerto Rico. I was, in, I was working for Xerox. And my boss gave me my last, it wasn't a paycheck, it was a bonus check. I think it was about 30,000 bucks taxable. It's the only problem with that. So I got this check and I went, holy mackerel. You know what I mean? So I was excited, but I was also disturbed. And so this other guy comes up to me, his name was John. And John says to me, he says, you're going to be back. I said, why? He says, because you're going to fail. I looked at him and said, look, a few expletive words. Because that's what he did. He left Xerox, failed, and he came back. And I said, look, da-da-da, you failed and you come, came back. But I'm going to fail and I'm never coming back. And that's the attitude. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah, if, if you say, well, if I fail, I'll go back to mommy and daddy, then that's what you'll do. So if you fail, that's when I became an entrepreneur because I had no money. I had no money for years. You know, I didn't have a paycheck. But that's what my rich dad encouraged me to do. He says, when, you're, when you don't have this paycheck, you get hungrier, smarter, and it's a test of your character. Will you become a crook? Will you become dishonest? Will you cheat and steal? Or will you become a better human being? So really, that's the benefit of becoming an entrepreneur. You really find out who you are when you don't have anything. So you always have to look at the big picture. Too many people look at, well, what's, it, what's going to happen to me? When you look at the big picture, you're also going to know <clears throat> that when something bad happens, something good's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But you got to prepare for whatever is coming. If you think next 20 years will be like the last 20 years, mm -hmm. you're going to get creamed. You know, when you and I go to the supermarket and we buy a carton of milk, we always check for the expiration date. But most people do not check for the expiration date on their brains. Instead of get out of debt, I get into debt. You know, I just refinanced 300 million in debt and went from 5% to 2.5% interest. I made a fortune. Every month, more money comes in because my cost of money has gone down. So while some Especially financial today. experts are saying get out of debt, I'm saying learn how to use debt. Mm. See, so when I came back from seven, in Vietnam in January of 73, mm -hmm. the first thing my rich dad said to me was go to school to learn how to invest in real estate. It wasn't real estate, it was how to use debt and taxes. Debt and taxes make the rich richer. Debt and taxes make the poor and middle class poor. So all the rich guys who are doctors and lawyers or, you know, those guys, they're getting creamed and they don't know why. Doctors are getting creamed. Oh yeah, they're making more money but the take home is less. Sure. You know, I, I, my doctor just yelled at me, he was happy, he says, oh, guess what, I finally made a million dollars. And I said, yeah, this was just three weeks ago. And so I said, yeah, well, well how much are you pay in tax? He says, 750000 in taxes. So his net was about 400000 That's not bad. But when I make a million bucks, I keep a million bucks. And the reason is because I don't make it by working for money. See, if you work for money, you're taxed. So that's why lesson number one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the rich don't work for money. What we do instead is we create businesses as entrepreneurs. We acquire real estate. I don't want to invest in the stock market. Okay. So the reason is because as entrepreneurs, I have more control over my income, how much I make, and how much I pay in taxes. And because I'm an entrepreneur as well as an investor mm -hmm. in real estate, I pay zero tax. 
So every time I make, let's say, a million dollars as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I immediately invest it in real estate. I have a four-to-one step-up. So I put a million dollars in real estate. I get four million from the bank. That's why I love banks. But the banks are screwing everybody else. You know, terrible. But it's good for me. That's, That's why you said when you print, it's good for you. But when you print, it's bad for people that work for money. Because when you print, savers get creamed and people who work for money get creamed. When they print, debtors get rich. You see, debt and taxes make the rich richer. And debt and taxes make the poor middle class poorer. When we have obsolete ideas, we get obsolete results. So what's happening for most people, the idea of going to school, mm -hmm. getting a job, working hard, saving money, getting out of debt, buying your house because it's an asset, and investing for the long term, is obsolete. The world has changed. The world changed in 1971 when President Nixon took us off the gold standard and money became debt. What if we get rid of school? Then what would happen? Would it be better if we had no educational system at all? No, I'm saying education is more important before. It's just obsolete. You know, there's Moore's Law that Moore's Law, which states information doubles every 18 months. In other words, everything's obsolete 18 months. Mm. So, and this is just a recent phenomenon. So when you come out of school, you're already obsolete. And that's why I'm the old guy, you know. I meet my friends who went to Harvard. See, I went to Harvard. I said, yeah, that was how long? 50 years ago? Today, the banks are charging you interest to save money. In other words, banks don't want your money because they printed too much of it. And that's why there's these bubbles and stocks and bubbles and real estate and all this. People are dumping the cash because, as I said in here, savers are losers and cash is trash. And yet people are, well, I want a high-paying job. Well, that's an obsolete idea. Get out of debt is an obsolete idea. You should learn how to get into debt, how to use debt to get rich, and they'll never teach you about taxes. The reason the 1% is way up here and the 99% are going this way is because when you print money, two things happen, inflation and taxes. It's crushing them. And any entrepreneur thinks, I'm just going to make money, I'm going to start a business and make a lot of money because what we talk about, they really have got to smell the roses, man. You know, that's not what the real entrepreneurs are doing. Most entrepreneurs, there's 28 million small business owners mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. 24 million are, 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 what, are one person entrepreneurs. They're called non-employee entrepreneurs. So the, because, and that's what happens is when people don't really understand what an entrepreneur does. So most big people are self-employed, but they're not really entrepreneurs. The self-employed pay the highest taxes of all, and nobody tells them that. Yeah, it's also called the entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. but what we were actually talking about was there's no such thing as a bad economy. You know, there's externally, you and I, we all have an external economy, but we also have an internal economy, mm -hmm. and the willpower is to change our internal economy. So for me, I can see the good and I can see the bad, I don't really give a damn because I'm going to be rich anyway. But a poor person with a poor personal economy, all they're going to see is a bad economy because they don't know how to make money in any economy. And a middle class person, they have a middle class economy. You know, they, what they want is a nice house, a steady paycheck, and the job, and the car. And so when you take their job away to them, that's disaster. Well, since an entrepreneur doesn't have a job anyway, it's no big deal. So all I'm saying to people, and it's what Bucky Fuller taught me, is always two sides, you know what I mean? You know, to use plural, at minimum two. 
So if you think the economy is bad, it's because your economy is bad. If you think that steady you know, employment is important, then you'll see an, uh, an economy without jobs. Your economy versus the external economy. Where you control versus where you can't control. I can control. Yeah, it's called, sure. an, it's called an internal focus mm-hmm. versus an external focus. Mm-hmm. So the real entrepreneur has an internal focus. But if they fall down, they say, oh, this is good because I'm going to go up higher. You know, the average person will fall down and say, oh, I'm going to take some Prozac. Or, or, the, or somebody has the mistakes. Oh, the mistakes don't matter. Well, mistakes, mistakes matter. It means you didn't know something. But a real entrepreneur, whether they fall down, they go, they always can go up. They can stand back up and go higher. But no matter what happens to them, they get stronger and better and smarter and happier. But a person with a weak internal mindset is that they're so afraid of what happens, it generally happens. Like, you know, people are afraid of losing their jobs, they generally lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so everything you. Yeah, so the entrepreneur first job is to control inside here, not outside there. The moment you take that paycheck, you're an employee. You've got to be stronger than that. It's about inside control. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet, and his and her culture, laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stones. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacies, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that. And you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you, you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said, that says, Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know, I just know, I, I sure wish. 
No, but I can't. But oh, I sh- Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That, that stems from your grand perennial roots and, and my perennial roots. <laughs> the remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get back. And then the ones that my generation used was, how's it going, man? I'll make it. I'll make it. Now, that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. <laughs> that's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look at this is where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it. But I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country and culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through was the theme of survival for the captured Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little technique. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. It became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was developing in this, quote, foreign land, unquote. How to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome. I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean, and my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside, and he saw that brand new mink, silver, gray, and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh, Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. I say, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold. Most of the silver, most of the diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land, a land flowing with milk and honey, 
that God's so-called chosen were sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you've got to do what? Believe it. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet and his and her culture laced with gold, laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich past. It's back here, the idea to be rich, to be prosperous, to be well-to-do. Okay? The illusion of poverty is just that. It is an illusion. In this teaching, that would indicate Yes, law, meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle we are in of high dispensation that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back Surely, God is able. Say that. Surely, God is able. Say it again. Surely, God is able. The third time. Surely, God is able. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way. Surely, God in me is able. Say it again. Surely, God in me. Spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity. It includes mental prosperity. It doesn't exclude anything. The masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating spirituality. They didn't need to harness and stack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe Nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. It is not having a large bank account. Because the bank owner might go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness. That's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! See it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. Theater. There's 
no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical, good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know, it, 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 as much as I dislike eight hours a day, <laughs> it, it's practical and it's significant and it gives a, a sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. See, you've got it set there. And, you, and then I will say, I see myself. And then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead about somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. What are you passionate about? What is it that you really love with all your feelings? Can you transfer that to money? Yes, you can, if you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word, spoken word. And we need to control that faculty. Huh? Because we take words and throw them like daggers. And they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I saw this Rolls Royce Carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also when you see people with good, 
Always say also, and when you pass those sign, home sign cards, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. That's for me. Say it again. That's for me. See, bless it, bless them, and say, that's for me. That means that you include yourself in that idea of good. To the new Evolution Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. Let you criticize me 
like you're getting front of the line. Whether you don't like my ego or my arrogant flow. Don't like the when you say I'm tight, I say I already know. Don't like how I was talking shit before my amber blow. Think I need to calm it down, be more like the average Joe. So, fuck you, your thoughts and that little house you think I'm in. Get a Benz, I value your opinion in. Think I give a fuck how many times I recommend. Fuck what you recommend. I'm back again. I can't quit. Even no police is hating the G. Rappers hate it cause they know I'm the shit Hell no, I can't quit Them niggas hating on the money I'm getting Most of them hating cause I'm fucking they bitch Now I'm pimping, I can't quit Them niggas hating on the rocks and the rain Some of them hate cause they don't think I'm the kind Hell no, I can't quit People hate it when you're better than them They ain't, they ain't start worrying me What up, what up, peace to the gods, welcome to the show I'm your host, Joey Bouncell Bay And this is The Bottom Line <coughs> Excuse me, right here on the New Evolution Radio Network Call the number if you're in the chat, you want to get in, holler at me It's 347-989-0194 If you got a question or a comment Press the number one, get your hands up And we'll get to you tonight Alright, so we're going to get right down to it. Uh, welcome. This is part three of our wealth series, and we'll keep our, our wealth series going. Next week, we'll be touching uh, on some more law, as we always do. And we'll start our entrepreneur series next week as well, uh, and we'll do that show on Saturday. So if you want to tune into the entrepreneur show, make sure you tune in on Saturday, all right? We're going to be doing... Our first entrepreneur show, um, and what we do is on that show we'll we'll, you know, we'll have guests. And if you have a business that you want to bring forth and talk about your business, your artist, painter, writer, producer, singer, whatever, whatever you do, we'll let you come on and give you some airtime. All right. <clears throat> so if you want to holler at me and get booked in, go to makemorecommerce.com. That's M O O R. All right. And you can get in. Oh, excuse me. Make more commerce at gmail.com. All right. And, then, and while you're at it, make sure you go to makemorecommerce.com and check out the products and the remedies that we have for you and sign up. Become a free member. All right. All right. So let's get right into it tonight. I, I want to talk tonight about trust, but I want to do it in a way that's going to help us to understand that it often does not matter how much money you have if you don't properly plan because proper planning uh, whether you own real estate, whether you own a fleet of cars whether you own businesses proper planning is what's needed because you know there is no stop clock, right, that you can gauge your life by, 
right? The the fact is, you know, and I said it, you know, um, on my Facebook is that if there's one thing that's for certain is death, and if there's two things that's for certain is that you'll be dead a whole lot longer than you'll be alive. And with that being said, the things that you acquire while you are here, while while you can tangibly touch them, while you can tangibly use them, while 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 you can create things have to be passed on to somebody at some point in time or they end up in fucking probate. Okay? And there's a lot of celebrities who make this mistake. You know, they'll they'll be sitting on tons of money and then the goddamn money ends up going into probate. And sometimes the family will get some of that money, sometimes they won't. Okay. So tonight we're going to really look at the wealth mindset from the perspective of planning properly for your estate, okay? Because see, wealth is more than the accumulation of money, although it is the accumulation of money. It is more than that, right? Wealth is also about your mindset, as I've always said. And there's a lot of people who get riches, they get wealthy, and then it disappears as soon as they got it, or it disappears as soon as they pass away, because they failed to do proper planning. Okay, so tonight we're going to really get into this, and we're going to look at some things that may help you on your journey of building wealth, maintaining it, and preserving it. Now, um, I'm going to read an article to you. We'll jump this thing off like this because it's really important that that we maintain uh, the understanding that we operate in trust. Everything you do is in trust. Everything you see around you is a trust, right? And there's there's no two ways about that. Everything is a trust, right? And I've often said that if you ain't operating in your trust, you're operating in someone else's trust. <laughs> All right. Excuse me, my allergies are fucking me tonight. Okay. Now, let's talk about six estate planning mistakes that celebrities make, and then we'll get into some of these laws. All right. So, and and, and mind you, wealth creation, right? Building wealth has a whole lot to do. With understanding what happens after you pass with that wealth, okay? Now, as if dying isn't bad enough, right? So, imagine your ex, right, or your no good lying, cheating ex, or um, your wife, <laughs> or your kids who, who didn't treat you right. Imagine these people rolling around in the money that you left behind, right? And worse, your beloved family is fighting it out in court. To get what they can So You better update your estate plan If that's If you can imagine that Right Now Outdated documents Beneficiary blunders And other estate planning mistakes Can tie your assets up in court for years Which allow taxes and legal fees To eat up a chunk of your estate And give inheritances To people you didn't have a good relationship with for people that you hardly knew when you was alive, 
Making sure your estate ends up with the right people is more complicated than just drawing up a will. IRAs, 401k accounts, for example, have their own name beneficiaries and will automatically pass all of that shit on, right, to the designated person, regardless of what's in your will or your trust. But many people fail to update their beneficiaries. And a will isn't enough to protect your estate from court battles, taxes, and probate. And, and I've often said this, right? If you think about um, a will, right? A will is not as strong as a trust because a will has to be probated. A trust does not. This is the reason why you put a trust in court ahead of time so that it doesn't have to get probated. Okay? And all of this can uh, help you in terms of Saving on expenses, time consuming shit, and all that, right? Because, really, to be honest with you, um, nobody really wants to be tied up in probate court. It's a, it's a very long, drawn out process. Okay, but trust, when used correctly, are a really good tool to shield your assets from the probate process. So, anyone from a simple estate to somebody who has a substantial net worth, right? Numerous assets and a team of advisors at his or her disposal can make planning missteps, right? And a lot of times these missteps will have some far-reaching consequences if you're not careful. Now, Aretha Franklin, for instance, uh, who passed away in August of 2018, all right, is uh, an example of a celebrity who died without a will. Okay. Now, consider these six well-known people who made estate planning mistakes that punished their intended heirs. All right, so let's let's talk about it, right? So shortly after Prince's 2016 death, we learned that the singer didn't have a will. And if you die without a will, calling, and they call this a dying intestate, okay, that's what it's known as, all right? It basically just means that you die without a will. The process of divvying up your assets is left to the state, not the estate, but the state. Now, in Prince's case, a Minnesota judge was tasked with distributing Prince's assets, estimated to be worth more than $200 million. Remember the, remember the Purple Mansion up in uh, Minneapolis, right? Now, among Prince's six siblings and half-siblings, a federal inmate who claimed to be the singer Excuse me, who claimed, who claimed to be the singer's son delayed the process. Right? And two years after Prince's death, bankers, lawyers, and consultants have earned millions of dollars, and so far the heirs didn't receive anything. You see one of the problems right there? You die, you don't have a will, you don't have a trust set up. Most of your money may get tied up with lawyers before the shit even gets done. Okay? Now, Dying without an estate plan means a total stranger will determine who should inherit your assets. And even if the courts pick the people you would have chosen, your estate could take years to sort out. So instead of letting the state call the shots, you need to create a trust. Okay? Now, a lot of people do wills, right? And a will is fine if you don't have much. Right, but I, even then, I say that you st- should still set up a trust. Okay, but you can write your own 
trust. You can write your own will. It don't take much time to really do that, right? You just need to know what you're doing, right, and have the proper material. Or come over here and holler at us. It will help you out. Okay. Now, let's talk about Barry White. Right? We all know Barry White. Barry White died in 2003. He was separated, but he wasn't divorced from his second wife. And she inherited everything. His living girlfriend of seven years and his nine children didn't receive a dime. So a legal battle ensued with White's girlfriend. His daughter, Denise, and his son, Daryl, and they all were filing suits, right? Now, the lesson here is that if you're in the process of getting divorced, the law considers you to be legally married until the judge signs the decree ending your marriage. So during the divorce, your options for limiting your soon-to-be ex's inheritances are limited. So, for example, if your spouse is listed as the beneficiary, on let's say a 401k plan Federal law Won't allow you to disinherit him or her Without his or her signature So Other changes while possible Can uh, complicate divorce proceedings So it's really important To check both the estate planning The attorney And your divorce attorney Right um, Hell even a certified financial planner that's the, If that's the case Okay now, one thing that you can do, right, is update your financial and your health care power of attorney. Now, a lot of people, and I got one on my website. If you don't have one, you can go in there and make morecommerce.com and get you a power of attorney. Right, and technically, you need a power of attorney for most things that you do. And if you don't have one, start now, create you one, do a form 56. With the IRS and make sure that you get your ass the power of attorney, right? Now, let's talk about failing to add beneficiaries to your estate plan, okay? Because, see, if you're smart, you operate your estate while you're alive. Because, see, like I told y'all, everybody's going to die. Just a matter of time, you know, uh, some of us live longer than others. But let's talk about uh, Heath Ledger, right? Heath Ledger. If you know, he was in Batman. He was the Joker in Batman, right? But he died at 28 in 2008. His will left everything to his parents and his three sisters. The problem with that plan, Ledger's will had been written before his daughter, Matilda, was born, leaving the two-year-old and her mother, actress Michelle Williams, with nothing. So Ledger's family later gave all the money from the estate to Ledger's daughter. That's an honorable-ass thing to do. Okay. Now, what's the lesson here? You need to use life-changing events as triggers to review and update your estate planning documents, right, such as your trust, right, and the beneficiaries who you name on your financial accounts. Now, let's just talk about the beneficiary because if you have a trust set up, you ought to have the trust protector in place, you ought to have the trustees in place, and you ought to have the declaration of trust in place with property or items that have been transferred over to it to fund the trust. Okay. Now, part of an estate planning job, okay, for anybody who does estate planning, 
is to project how your situation in the law may change in years and decades to come. And this is the reason why we tell you set up a trust. Set up a private trust. Set yourself up a foreign trust. Set up a revocable trust. Now, a lot of people don't understand that you need to set up trusts that sit outside of the normal jurisdiction, right? Because normal jurisdiction is normally statutes, codes, and ordinances, right? That's normally what people go for when they set up trust. But this is the reason why we talk about express trust, right? Because you want to be in a position to create a trust that allows you specifically to create the rules of your trust. So if something does happen to you, you can pass that shit on according to your wishes. Okay? Now, here's the other thing. Keeping the whereabouts of your estate plan a secret. So even if your estate plans have the details covered, they won't be no use if nobody can find your original document. Okay. So let's look at another athlete, right? Olympic sprinter uh, Florence Griffin Joyner, better known as Flojo, was believed to have a will when she died at 38. In 1998, but her family couldn't locate the document, and years of legal battles followed as Joyner's husband and her mother couldn't agree on whether Flojo said her mother could continue to live rent-free in the couple's condominium for the rest of her life. What's the lesson here? Most estate planning lawyers, uh, 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 laymen, or individuals, right, who set up estates. Keep a copy, right? This is and this is the whole thing about when I, when I uh, went into trust. When I first started going into this trust information, I talked about the prudent person, right? A prudent person. Let me give y'all a good working definition here, okay? So I, I want to make sure that y'all understand what I'm talking about. Okay, now. And this is and this this is also a law, okay? But prudence is the ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason. It is classically considered to be a virtue. And in a particular one of the four cardinal virtues, okay, and if you don't know what cardinal virtues are, right, these are recognized by Plato, right? Um, as uh traditional theology, if you will, right? But there there are three theological virtues, a part of seven total virtues, and prudence is one of them, right? So um, it's very important to have somebody who deals with prudence. So the prudent person rule is a legal principle, and that is used to restrict the choices of the financial manager or or your, your trustee. Okay, or your trust protector, whoever's over the money, right, of an account to the types of investments that a person seeking reasonable income and preservation of capital might buy for his or her, her own portfolio. So basically, you need to get somebody that would do the same shit, right, that you would do if they own the money. Okay, aka a prudent person. Okay. And like I said, you know, I mean, this this lady, 
she died and they couldn't they couldn't even find her estate documents. So whoever was in charge of her shit wasn't very prudent. Okay. But but most people keep a copy. And that's important, right? So you might also consider sharing a copy with the executor of your estate. Right? A trusted family member. Your trustee. I'll say it again. Okay. I know y'all. I know how y'all like to keep shit secret, but this is also the reason why I put certain uh, parts of my documents in the public registry on the county. Okay. Now, let's go to the next one. <clears throat> Common mistake that's been made is not putting promises that you make about your estate in writing. See, promises made to the world, uh, you know, is okay. But the promises that you make to your family, that shit needs to be in writing, right? You know, you, you can say one thing and do another. But when you make a promise to your would-be heirs, right, that shit needs to be in a legal document. It needs to be written down. Somebody needs to be able to go find that legal document. Now, let's talk about Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, he played the Godfather. He died in 2004, right? The actor left a bulk of roughly $26 million estate to his producer and other associates. His longtime housekeeper claimed that Brando had promised her that she would inherit his home when he died. But Brando either never promised her the home or never took time to put the promise in writing. So she later sued Brando's estate for the value of the home plus $2 million in damages in the case settled in 2007 for $125,000. <laughs> so what's the lesson here? Put each of your wishes in writing. Write that shit down. Updating your estate as often as possible, right? And include the promises that you make to your beneficiaries. So if you got beneficiaries in your trust, which you should, Whatever the promises are that you make to them, write that shit down. Okay? Because, let me just be honest, I mean, you know, nobody wants to have to go through litigation. Like, I keep trying to tell you all that shit is long and drawn out. All right? Now, let's go to the next one, and we talk about your boy Michael Jackson, right? I mean, Michael Jackson, he failed to fund his trust. Now, this nigga had a trust set up, all right? Michael Jackson's 2009 death set off a string of legal battles over his roughly $500 million estate. Now, the biggest issue here, right, to protect his estate, Jackson had created a revocable living trust designed to transfer his wealth to his children and his mother when he passed. But guess what he forgot to do? He didn't fund his trust. Instead, his entire estate had been left outside the trust. Now, I have a court case um, that I ran to y'all, and I'll have to find it. But it specifically says that the intent to create the trust really was merely enough. But obviously, that was never brought up because that that is a precedent that's been set. In law itself, right? But the estate had to go through probate, which if your trust is set up and you fund the trust, so so I want y'all to get this. 
if you fund the trust, you can put a dollar in there and fund it. The fact that you funded it is merely enough to show that there was intent to fund your trust, right? So Michael Jackson had a trust, and whoever whoever set this nigga's trust up didn't tell him to fund the trust. Okay, so the estate went through probate. Jackson's children and his mother lived off an allowance of $8 million a year managed by the estate's executor and a judge for years. Isn't that, isn't that some shit, right? So the state stepped in, assigned an executor and a judge, and they managed this man's money. So during the probate process, the estate faced numerous legal challenges from creditors as well as Jackson's family. Okay? Now, what's the lesson here? A trust can be valuable. It's a very valuable tool, okay? And probably one of the most valuable tools that you can use when you're planning your estate. Okay? But the lesson ain't that trust can be valuable, right? See, I want you to understand that Anytime that um, a trust is set up, right, if you don't register your assets in the name of the trust, your cars, your house, right, uh, your boats, uh, whatever property you got, then that shit is left outside the trust, right? This is why a lot of y'all will do an injunction. And then not understand why. Well, why am I still getting forked over? I thought my car was in trust. I put it. I said it in the injunction. No, you didn't actually do a real transfer of title. See, a real transfer of title makes it so that that shit's really in trust. Okay, so if you don't register your assets in the name of the trust, it's absolutely worthless. Okay, real estate. Businesses, business holdings, all of that is typically registered to the trust immediately as soon as it's done. You don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So you do shit today. Don't put off tomorrow what can be done today, y'all. Okay? Alright. So those are six things that essentially estate planning mistakes that that have happened with celebrities, right? And I just want y'all to really take that into consideration, right? Because it's important to understand that a lot of people make these mistakes, right? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to hop right back into this. We're going to go over some wealth creation tools, right? And we're going to keep going into this trust. I got some more for to drop on y'all. All right, you sit right here on the bottom line on the New Evolution Radio Network. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class. I got a fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year, my speech teacher said, 
after giving me a D minus. I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public, that you get a death job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, everything is a setup for your next best season. In the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you will lead us. Your light belongs to everyone who'll be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people. Dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that you're 70 watts. Your 70 watts has to be turned way up because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they don't tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. I'm just saying, why don't you start carrying around an extra pair of shades? Guys, we back right here on the bottom line on the New Evolution Radio Network. If you want to holler at me, make sure you press one. We'll get you in, all right? So tonight we're dealing with the the concept and the subject of wealth creation, right? And wealth preservation. Alright, and this is part of our wealth series, right? Because, you know, I mean we can talk about sovereignty, we can talk about a lot of different things. That uh, encompass wealth But if we can't understand The mindset of a wealthy person 
right, of what you should typically be doing as a wealthy person, then once you pass, that wealth means nothing, and the next generation of your family has to start right over, and that's a real family curse. That's a real curse right there, right? So let's look at it, right? What is wealth? So wealth, right, is the abundance of valuable financial assets or physical possessions, which can be converted into a form that can be used for transactions. So this includes the core meaning that's held in the uh, old English, uh, and they call the word will, W-E-A-L, okay, which is an Indo-European word, right? Um, and, you know, and if you take it to the African culture, it's where you get your susus and things like that from, right? But the modern concept of wealth is of significance in all areas of economics, including for growth economics and development economics. But the meaning of wealth is uh, context-dependent, as they say, right? So an individual possessing a substantial network is known as wealthy. Right? But net worth is defined as the current value of your assets or liabilities. You ever seen somebody who lost all their money in the stock market? Their net worth went down, 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 down. Right? Now, at the most general level, right, economists uh, will define wealth as anything of value. Think of gold, silver, diamonds, your car depending on what type of car you got, that might be your wealth, right? So the captures that both the subjective nature of the idea and the idea that it's not a fixed or a static concept, maybe anything can be considered yeah, uh, wealth, essentially. <laughs> Anybody can be wealthy, depending on what you call wealth. It's just like, you know, uh, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. So defining wealth can be a normal process uh, with a lot of different ethical implications to it. So wealth is often uh, maximization, if you want to call it that, right? It's seen as a goal or thought, right, or a principle that somebody reaches, a community, uh, a region, or a country. Right? There's a lot of wealthy countries in, in the world, right? And the thing as a country or a community, something of that nature, right, that possesses an abundance of such possessions. Some people call America a wealthy country because we got a lot of mater- material shit here. Some people would say Dubai is a wealthy country because it's got a lot of oil, right? Natural resources. So the United Nations definition of inclusive wealth is a monetary measure, which includes the sum of natural, human, and physical assets, right? Natural capital, which includes uh, land, forest, energy, resource, uh, what else? Uh, minerals, right? Natural minerals, things like that, right? So human capital is the population's education and the skills that the people have. That's your human capital. That's your... Uh, Yo, uh, what do they call that? Um, those are those are essentially your straw men, right? Those are other 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 laborers, right? So capital includes such things as machinery, uh, the buildings, and the infrastructures, right? So 
wealth creation, right? Sometimes it's very dependent upon the country in which you come from. Okay. So let me just give y'all an idea here, right? And I'll give you the, the richest cities in the world so you can have an understanding of what I mean by this. The richest city in the world is New York City. They have $3 trillion in wealth throughout the whole city. Then there's London, which has $2.7 million, uh, trillion, excuse me. Then there's Tokyo, with $2.5 trillion. Then you got San Francisco, the whole Bay Area, $2.3 trillion. Then you got Beijing, China, $2.2 trillion. Then you got Shanghai, China, $2.2 trillion. Then you got L.A., $1.4 trillion. Then you got Hong Kong, $1.3 trillion. Sydney, Australia, $1 trillion. And Singapore. Okay? So, in Western civilization and the civilization that we live in, wealth is connected to a quantitative type of thought. Right, invented in the ancient Greek, uh, the revolution of rationality, involving, for instance, the quantitative analysts of nature. Basically, nigga, people look at wealth based on the material shit that you have. Right, it's a mindset as well. This is why I keep telling y'all, based on your mindset, people go to New York. People will genuinely move to New York to try to make it to become wealthy. People go out to L.A. to try to become actresses, actresses, to become wealthy. Okay? So, if you really want to become wealthy, you first need to understand how wealth works. Okay? And a lot of people approach wealth as if, as if it's a matter of luck. Wealth ain't luck, y'all. Ain't nothing lucky about, about unless you win the lottery, nigga. There's nothing lucky about wealth. Okay? So, you know, there's a lot of people who will tell you that they didn't get wealthy until their 40s or their 50s. So look at the uh, KFC chicken man. That nigga was damn near dead. He was almost, what, 80 years old? Something like that. Okay? So a lot of people approach wealth in the wrong manner. Okay? Now, others think that you have to have a lot of money to make money. But that ain't true either. I told y'all this, right? Wealth is created following some basic rules. Right? And one of them is your mindset. Okay? Another one is discipline. Okay? But being wealthy is not about having a lot of income. Right? It's about having a whole lot of capital. Right? But the ultimate aim for anybody that wants to have some money should be financial freedom so that you have the life that you want. Right? The income that you want. Right? But you need to have something known as passive income, okay? And, and this is really important because a lot of people don't have passive income, income that you keep getting without having to work, shit that comes in while you're asleep. And it's really hard to create passive income for a lot of people. But this is the reason why so many musicians do so well because their music will sell long after they, they've created the music. It's still selling. It's still being played. Okay. Now, people who have high income, especially when it's from a job, give every appearance of being rich. 
right? They got all the toys. They got all the trappings of being rich. They got the boats. They got the houses, right? They got the cars, but they're really not, right? See, being rich is about having capital. And I'm talking about being liquid, right? Having having money where you can, your ass can go to the bank and pull that shit out right now, right? Because you want capital that can be converted into assets. This is going to give you your passive income. So it's passive income that allows you to live the life that you want to live versus the life that you're forced to live. A lot of people have problems creating passive income, like I said. So then that means that you're free to spend your free time doing the shit that's really important, like raising your family, like taking care of your kids, spending time with your wife, hanging out with your friends, being creative, okay, doing things of that nature, right? But income has four important uses, right? And, and all of this shit directly ties into trust. By in the creation of your trust, because depending on how you create your trust, your trust can be a vehicle for you for passive income. Okay, so let's let's just get right into it. Right, um, one of the four uses is consumption. Right, so you have to live, obviously, and a proportion of your income got to be spent on shit like groceries, transportation, the utilities. Shit that you just can't live without. Unless you're going out to live in the woods, right? Certain things you just are going to have to consume. Okay? But that's consumption, period. All right? Then the second thing is reinvestment, right? If you retain income, that is, you don't spend it, right? It's added to your capital. So then it grows, right? And I've always told y'all that. Having a savings account really to me is silly because when you get money, you should be trying to put it into things to help you make more money passively. So when income is added to the wealth-creating asset, it's supposed to compound for you right? at a high rate and then grow really quickly into other things. Okay? So then the third thing right, that income has an important use for is paying for borrowing. Let me explain this, right? Because everyone who becomes rich has some type of debt, <laughs> unless they won the lottery, right? <laughs> Normally, most people who are rich got a bunch of good debt, right? See, borrowing money reduces the amount of disposable income that you have because you have to pay the interest, but increases the amount of your growth of capital because by borrowing, you have increased your wealth-creating asset. I'll say it again. When you borrow money, you increase your wealth-creating assets. This is the biggest wealth transfer in history that we're going through right now. Right now. Okay? Okay. All right, so the fourth thing that's really important, all right, to your capital, to, to creating income, is setting a value on your money. So the income that you get from your assets values those assets, right? So you get your piece of property, right? You get your piece of property that you know is going to make you money. Don't just go buy a house to live in it. To me, you do better renting. And then buying your piece of property on the side. 
right? And then moving into that property, hopefully it's a duplex or something, right? Until you have the money that you uh, that you need to go buy a decent piece of property, right? But increase the amount of income from your wealth-creating assets, your business, your property, your investments. These are all wealth-creating assets, you understand? So you increase the value of them as you set the value for yourself. So to become rich, to grow, to grow your capital quickly, you need to own some type of wealth-creating asset. And this is the reason why I was telling you all in the beginning about all of these celebrities who had all these assets – and then they died, and they should either stop making money for their family or went into probate, and nobody made any money off of it. Okay? So it's really important, man, that, that we really stick to that shit. Okay? Because, see, to get rich, you got to own something from one of those categories. Okay? Now, let's talk about this real quick, right? How does income make you wealthy, right? Because see, having a lot of income is not in itself being rich. Income is critical to becoming rich, but it don't make you rich, right? So to become rich, you must generate a lot of income from your wealth-creating asset. I'll say it again. To become rich, you must generate a lot of income from your wealth-creating asset and then use the income wisely and do things like reinvest it into places that's going to keep making money, okay? See, financially astute people, y'all, they don't have a problem with investing in things that's going to make money for them, putting the money out. I heard a guy said the other day, he says, well, I got 50000 in the bank. The guy says, okay, well, how much do you have in investments? He says, oh, about $2.5 million. See, he's got more money in his investment than anything else. Okay, so let me just give y'all the cycle here, right? Because there's, there's a true cycle, right? And there, there's increased income, then there's higher asset value, okay? Then there's additional borrowing from your higher asset value. Excuse me. So you take that money and you reinvest that shit, and then you get right back to increasing your income. So you increase your income, you get a higher asset value, you would do additional borrowing of the money, you reinvest the money, and then your ass is right back to increasing your income. It's a cycle. It's a complete cycle. It goes over and over and over and over and over. Right? So extra income means that your assets are going to have a higher value to it. Okay. All wealth-creating assets are valued by their income, y'all. I'll say it again. All wealth-creating assets are valued by their income. Your family business, your personal business, okay. what you got in the stock market, okay. all that. So the extra income can be used to borrow more money. This is why Robert Kiyosaki said, so I, I got $200 million or $300 million in, 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 in bad in debt. And I just refinanced my debt. Well, this nigga's smart. Okay? So the critical factor is your attitude to your income, right? You got to have the right attitude when it comes down to this shit. 
because at the end of the day, when you make all of this money, you're going to have to have somewhere to put it. And you need a, an investment vehicle to keep it safe. And this is why we talk about trust. Okay. And you need an investment vehicle that will allow you to be able to not only extend yourself credit, but extend credit to people in your family. You know, uh, the Rockefeller family. Pretty sure it's the Rockefellers. But they have it where in order to borrow, I think it might not even be the Rockefeller. It might be the, um, it's one of the big ass families, right? But in order to borrow money from the family, from the family bank, the family trust, you have to go to all of the meetings that the family has. You got to show up and talk about what you learned, right? When you borrow money, the money that you borrow, you borrow that shit on interest, Okay, and it gets borrowed from the family trust. Okay, it's a it's a cycle, right? And it goes over and over and over. And those who don't participate, guess what? They ask gets kicked the fuck out the family trust. So, let's talk real quick, right? How is wealth destroyed? Okay, and I've always said this, right? The same way your money comes. If you're not covered, it will be the same way that it goes, right? So the same mechanisms that make you rich can also make your ass bankrupt, okay? See, it's really easy for a, 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 a virtuous circle of wealth to go fast, to spin out of control, and then you right back where you started, okay? So there's a lot of risk. That's involved in, in, in chasing high returns, right? And and I know this person, right? Uh, high risk or high high returns have high risk, right? There's risk involved in being in business. There's 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 risk involved in there's more risk involved in taking your ass to work. Believe me. Um, but every day you walk out the house, there's a risk that's involved in that, right? Okay, so we all share in risk. But to become rich, you have to look for high returns, always remembering that high returns come with high risk. So at any point in time, the circle of wealth can be broken, especially if you do shit like what the celebrities did in the beginning. And, they, and you don't come in and you create you don't create a grander trust or a non-grander trust or a foreign trust. You break the cycle of wealth. See, a trust may have one trustee or several. A trustee may be an individual. It could be a corporation. A trust uh, can have a, a settler. It can have a grantor, which is the same thing, right? And especially if this is an intervivos trust, right? But all of this is a wealth creation tool, right? So when you create the trust, the people that you put in your trust, you are creating your circle of trust, your circle of wealth. Okay, so I want y'all to understand, right, that it's not just the that wealth creating assets are risky, but they certainly are risky. But these risks are exacerbated, and then they get magnified by two components, right? So let's talk about the components, right? And this is how wealth can be destroyed really quickly, other than the reasons that we went over earlier. But 
one is borrowing, right? Because nobody gets rich without borrowing to buy income on the assets, right? So you got to leverage something, right? And believe me that when I tell you that getting rich is about leveraging your assets, right? So gearing or leveraging is a necessary part of getting rich as it greatly increases the return that you get on your own capital. You may as well get used to the whole idea of borrowing some money. I know a lot of people see black black people in our community are taught that borrowing money is bad. Why do you think they taught you that shit? Everything they taught you, you need to take it and reverse it. Borrowing money ain't bad if you know how to do the right thing with it. If you know the laws that we teach, your ass can discharge that debt. Okay. Now, borrowing money will speed up the process to wealth. But remember something. Speed kills people. Right? You speed through shit, sometimes it's not always the best thing. Right? So sometimes you got to take your time. And this is why they tell you to do things like start slow, buy you a small piece of property. You know, do things with ease. Okay? Okay? Because the bigger the mess, Means that you win really fast. <laughs> all right, so slow down a little bit when it comes to shit like that. All right, the second thing here is reinvestment. All right, reinvestment can destroy your trust. It can also destroy your wealth if you don't do proper reinvestment. See, when you get money, and and I don't, I want you to hear me correctly because when I tell you to reinvest, I mean that, but I don't mean it in the sense that you go out and reinvest all your goddamn money. Right, because the more money that you reinvest, the higher risk that you take. Right. So you want to grow with a, a, a rate of growth that comes from reinvesting your income, but in, but in reinvesting of your income, right? You want to do it in the sense of uh, what what they term as. Uh, what's that term? Um, uh, uh, diversified portfolio, right? So you want to diversify your income, okay? And there's nothing wrong with diversifying your income, but the two things, right? Borrowing money and reinvestment are very important, right? Matter of fact, if we don't do it properly, they'll be your Achilles heel. And they won't fuck you up if you don't do the shit properly. Okay? Now, something that we probably didn't talk about is what you would call uh, overconfidence, right? And going out and thinking, oh, this is the best thing I can do. Right? So when things go well, you don't never see the bad side of the shit or the downturn to it. Right? Always plan for a rainy day. This is why you save some of your money. You do put something away. So you plan for a rainy day, right? So the rule of thumb typically is you put 10% of your income away for yourself, okay? Because anything can happen. This is the reason why they tell you to buy life insurance, buy health insurance, right? Because it's just in case, right? So you have money for a rainy day. You set your trust up because one day, it's going to be a rainy day, and you're going to pass away. 
and everything that you've created with your wealth principles, whether you got small bit of wealth or a lot of wealth, will have to be passed on to someone. Okay? Now, let's talk real quick. How do you protect your wealth? Well, protecting your wealth can be done in a lot of different ways, right? Um, and I would probably say that the best way is trust. Okay? But when you are protecting your wealth, right, the goal of financial freedom is to have significant wealth and secure investments, right, that generate passive income for you, right, whether it's security, stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever it is, right? But you want to have some passive income for yourself and you want it to be in the name of your trust so you should start shifting some of your profits from wealth creating assets right right from the beginning okay now a lot of times we don't we don't like to put our money in places that we can't see right away and unfortunately that's that's just part of being in our community right but you have to put your money in places that's going to grow over time for you okay so a lot of people have successful wealth creating assets um you know and i'd like to think that the biggest one is real estate right and real estate is a is a good it's a really a, a good tool for you when you're creating wealth okay so I always recommend that you put yourself in some real estate. Right? And I know a lot of y'all brothers and sisters, right, are looking are either in real estate or you're looking to get into real estate. So, right, plow back everything that you're doing, and you might want to look at that first, right? Because that's going that typically will help you, um, you know, to get to a point where you have some wealth creation tools. Okay. So before we go to our next break. Let's just talk about it real quick, right? You gotta have a couple of different things when we're talking about the creation of wealth, and one of them is the desire to be rich. Obviously, if you didn't have the des- the desire to be rich, then um, you know obviously not going to get rich, right? Other than that, it's just luck. Okay, so you have to have a desire. Okay, second one is you gotta be prepared to take some risk. Everything in life is a goddamn risk. And investment. Like I told you, going to a job is risky because your ass has the uh, chance every day of getting fired or laid off. Okay? You gotta have a strategy also to manage the risk. Okay? This is why you pre plan. Strategy is everything, life is chess. Okay? And the next one is be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with other people. Be patient with your investments. Be patient in how you set up your trust. Don't feel like you got to rush and go do this right now just because we're talking about it. But take time and start working on this stuff because you got to be patient. Okay? So you want to grow your money at a fast enough rate, though, that there's two characteristics that happen. And the first one is that you produce a 15% return. Of income and capital on your money, and preferably if you're not paying taxes, it should even be more than that, right? If you are using some of these tools that we provide you, so that you don't have to pay them taxes, right? Not not avoid them, right? But you put yourself in a particular position where, hey, I don't have to pay taxes because of my status 
or I don't pay taxes because of, you know, whatever it is, okay? So you need at least 15% return of your income, right? And the next one is be sellable, right? Be sellable. You can't grow your asset or have any type of value if you can't sell it at some at a certain point, right? So if you go buy, and I'll just give y'all an example, right? You go buy a lot in the hood, and they, and you know that's not a neighborhood where they're going to do any gentrification, and you're not going to build anything on that lot, what good does holding the property do for you versus going over to the other side of town where there might be white, more white folks or more people of other ethnicities and buying a plot of land or buying a duplex and renting it out? Or buying a plot of land where you know somebody's going to actually buy the land because they're going to be building in that area. Okay? See, rich people uh, or people in general often don't really choose what will make them rich. Right? Rather, they go into some sort of activity by default. So you got to go into an activity by default that's going to help you preserve your wealth. Okay? So... That brings me down to the last part of the show tonight, which is trust, right? And it brings us back to what we started the show with, which is trust. And how trust is, it, it, it is literally your wealth-creating asset. It is the highest asset that you can have, right? Um, so when we come back, we're going to dive a little further into this idea of the wealth-creating asset, right? The creation the life and the termination. I'm going to give y'all a few things about trust. Okay. And if you don't have our trust webinars, make sure you go cop those. If you need a trust consult, you can holler at me, go to my website, set one up with me. And we'll keep this conversation going. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And just remember, man, it's about your mindset. Okay. It's, it's about how you think. And it's ultimately about how you plan. All right, we'll be right back. Keep it locked. Uh, tell me what your crib worth. I hear you talking war, but have you lived first? I'm just here to keep it real, not make you feel worse. Maybe a lost cause, but let's still search. Until the day I die holding my guns up. Rather have a friend or enemy, which one am I? Fuck a bird box, I want to see my brother flop. No longer shackled in chains, some nigga crucified. Walking down the block, hole in my boom box. Cop the Mr. Dirty nigga, clean tube socks. They gon' keep us in the ghetto till we move out. And we need some better books off in that schoolhouse. Rolls Royce weather, rich dirty nigga, it took so much effort. I don't give a fuck about who sold more records. Being self made, give me so much leverage, boss. Ooh, got money, got woman, got cash, and Payroll, rich gang bangers, y'all ain't even know they make those. Double case loads, push buttons, I got say so. When it's war time, never lay low, y'all play roles. I can't name a fake nigga that was not exposed. Hey, y'all niggas so surprised at Takashi toes. Ain't a real street nigga, less you got a code. Mine's one common nigga, followed by a lot of O's. 
in the back of the back, rock a lot of gold. Rap music on the charts like it's rock and roll. Add something to the art, make a lot of dope. Gotta play my part from the start, cause that's all I know. Double M's, double R's, nigga, all I roll. Course I going viral when them punches throw. Oh, Chris Shaw taking pictures like we rich and po. Another rich rap nigga, word to Ricky Rose. Yeah. Got money, got women, got cash, I'm looking it on. You got more. Made back all ten of the Where the rest is like a Malcolm X Jealous of my point of view watching the sunset I just keep on moving so you won't catch a contact All my dirty niggas showing me where the love at Drop the top, candy painted, haters eliminated Take a photo for fanatics, I often demonstrate it Rich nigga, dirty game, I'm talking Nick Saban Bricks raining every day, whiter than Dick Cheney Dirty nigga, but my sneakers new she can go and get the two though in a week or two Dirty nigga with a couple things I could treat her to Or maybe send her to the jewelers just like Mika do Real niggas that was born to kill Dirty niggas touching 40 mil 40 cars on the sporty wheels Gold bars in my shorty wheels Based on my investigations, okay? My record speaks for itself. 
How many felons have you collared? Huh? Yeah, I rest my case. Oh, yeah. Look, man, I'm not smoking crack, all right? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, just put yeah. it in the glove box. Put the $60 in there, too. That'll come in handy later on. We'll use it like, like a credit card or something. What I say, you did the right thing. Reminds me when I was out there chasing down bad guys, rocking their world. That was some pretty amazing shit you did back there, Oi. Thanks. Yeah, I noticed you applied that uh, that chokehold, though, huh? <laughs> I thought that was a no-no procedure, boy. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and you did what you had to do, right? You did what you had to do. That's right. Oh! That's what a wolf does. You a wolf? <laughs> come on, wolf. Oh, come on, dog. Oh! <laughs> no, I said a wolf, not a rooster. A wolf. That's a rooster. Give me a wolf. Fuck this, man. Give me that beard. Ah, there you go. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. Peace of the guys, we're back. <clears throat> Tonight we're going into this, um, this trust information and wealth information. And um, before we go to the call lines, I want to go over a couple of things. Um, just to kind of help refresh the memory and tie some things back in for us, right? So, anytime you're creating uh, wealth, right, there has to be some type of wealth creation tool, right? And, you know, in my opinion, and I'm sure the Brother Jonah would agree with me, um, trust is the highest, and it is a valid form of creating wealth, right? And maintaining and protecting your wealth. Right, so let's talk about some requirements, right? Um, that will help you to number one, make sure that you have a valid trust, right? and that the life of your trust is 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 not only beneficial to you but to your heirs, right? So to have a valid trust, number one, the person that creates the trust must have an intent to create a trust. Pretty simple, right? Number two, the trust must be funded. Right? See, Michael Jackson had all that damn money, and this Negro did not fund his trust. Okay? Number three, the trust must have ascertainable beneficiaries, which means that you need to create some beneficiaries. Don't just create the trust for yourself, right? Actually, create a trust and make your kids or your parents or people who First of all, you want to choose people who you would think may live a little longer than you, okay? which would normally be your kids or your nieces or your nephews, right? And then, obviously, um, you know, if your parents, people like that, like if you're on your deathbed and you're sick, but you still can create the trust, but your parents are okay, then you would create a, a trust that would also benefit them, right? Okay? 
Number four, the terms of your trust must be in writing. And if the trust property includes real property, okay, or if the trust is a testamentary trust, which means that it's a trust that goes into effect once you pass away, okay? Now, the life of the trust, right, once the trust has been validly created, the primary issue during the life of the trust is the extent of the beneficiary's interest in the trust, right? What kind of interest does your beneficiary have in the trust? See, the beneficiary's interest can either be uh, mandatory or it could be discretionary. You understand? Okay, and it can either be the principal or the income. Okay. Now, mandatory trust, if the trustee must distribute all of the income on a regular basis, the trust is a mandatory trust. Which means that, and, and you could also consider that to be under express trust. If you want, right? Because it's mandated. Okay. The discretionary trust, the trustee has a discretion, right? And, and really, an express trust can encompass all of this, right? But discretionary trust, right? Just the discretion over when to distribute the income um, or the principal, right? How much to distribute, when to distribute it. Uh, the trust is discretionary in that particular instance. Now, because of the trustee's fiduciary duties to the beneficiary, the trustee still has the duty to to, uh, to inquire, to, to go by the declaration of trust. He's got a duty to follow whatever the settler set up for him. Okay, And this goes back to the definition I gave you earlier of a prudent person. He's got a duty to be a prudent person. Okay, Now, a lot of times... People forget that, um, you know, when, when you're setting up trust, you got to have, you know, it, it's called trust because you want to have motherfuckers that you like, that you trust. Okay? So, let me just give y'all some terms to sit on in case you're new and you haven't heard this information before, right? A settler is the party who creates the trust. Okay? Sometimes they call this person the trustor or the grantor. Okay. Then you have a trustee And the trustee is the party who the settler Transfers the property to right? The trustee holds the legal title To the property This person manages the property For the duration of the trust Okay, So for the duration of the time That you're creating this wealth Your assets If you pass them on to a trustee Your trustee is the person who will Sign for you He's the authorized representative He's the manager Okay. Michael Jackson should have known this. I don't know who was around this nigga, but he he needed to have us around him, right? That type of shit. So beneficiaries, right? And listen, if you're a celebrity or, or, or you got a little bit of wealth and you need some help, reach out. We'd be happy to help you. Even if you ain't and you just a regular uh regular Joe, regular person. Reach out. Everybody needs a little help. Right? Like I said, trust are not only for for, for famous people Right There's a whole lot of people Who need trust Right There's people who Who, who only accumulated A hundred thousand dollars You don't think it needs to be put in trust Okay Now Let's talk about the beneficiaries Right Because 
the parties who hold the equitable interest in the trust, typically what they call bifurcated over time, okay, these are the parties are called the beneficiaries. So the trustee has what's known as a fiduciary duty to these people. Now, let me give y'all an example of this because a lot of people don't understand fiduciary duty. You know how your Native Americans are all on reservations? They're all on reservations, and the government has a fiduciary duty to make sure that these people have a reservation to be on. Matter of fact, if you look at the case that just came down to the Supreme Court last week, the judge gave the opinion. He says the United States gave their word to these Native Americans that we would give them some land. And why was that? Because they had a trust agreement because the United States is in a trust relationship. Okay. Now, a trust relationship is, is really important, right? Because if you don't have a trust relationship, then a lot of times you don't have no rights when it comes down to the assets of the trust. Okay. So trust relationship is really important. Trust law is a three-party fiduciary relationship, right? There's the trustor, the settler, the beneficiary, the trustee, okay? Now, let's let's talk about this because this is really important. A lot of people forget to do this shit. I don't know how, but the declaration of trust is probably one of the most important things, right? And the continuation of your declaration so, so when you go out and you're creating this wealth that we're talking about tonight, right, the continuance of your wealth, a lot of times it's based on your declaration of trust. It is based on your explicit uh, trust rules. It's based on the uh, oral expression, the, the expression in writing, right? It implies the expression is oral, but it got to be in writing, right? If it's to be held to a standard of a prudent, reasonable person in court. Okay? Now, let's talk about the, the res or the corpus, right? And, and a lot of times, the people forget that the, the trust res, the property of the trust, is often referred to as the res or the corpus or, more modernly, the trust property, right? And this deals with all of the shit that we talked about tonight that you go out and you create your assets, right? Your stocks, your bonds, your real estate, your cars, your cribs, your land, your gold and silver, whatever the fuck you deem to be an asset. Okay. Now, an intervivos trust is the fact that the trust is created while the settler is still alive. And a lot of times you, you can even uh, look at your intervivos trust as an express trust, depending upon how it was created. Okay. And a testamentary trust is created when the settler dies, or I should say it more so goes into effect when the settler dies. So every single person that I named tonight, Barry White, Michael Jackson, Prince, uh, Flojo, all of those people should have had intervivals trust and they should have had testamentary trust because nobody knows when they're going to die. Niggas be healthy than a horse and then they fucking die. While yet a nigga who's been smoking for 60, 70 years is still alive. Right? So people die. That's a fact of life. So it's also a fact of life that 
If your shit is not in a trust, it gets probated. If you have a will, guess what happens to it? It gets probated. Okay. So the purpose of the trust, and one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to conceptualize trust, period, is that it serves so many purposes. Right? But a will got one purpose, and what's the purpose of a will? To dispose of the testor's property when he or she dies. I should have called this show tonight, What Happens When You Die when you, If You Don't Have a Trust. <laughs> that should have been the name of the show. Right? So, understand that a trust serves the settler's intent, whatever the intent was. Okay? Don't matter. The intent could have been to, to take that money and go buy cats and puppies. You know, people give, matter of fact, a lot of rich people give their money away to their animals. Believe it or not, it's been done. It was a, there was a really rich woman who gave all her money to her fucking cat. Imagine that shit. Okay. Um, Marlon Brando gave all his money to his producers. He said, fuck my family. I'm giving this shit all to all the actors and producers. Okay. So, a trust is merely another way of making a gift. Okay? And I want y'all to always keep that in mind. Okay? So, when you create this wealth, think of the wealth that you pass down to your family as a gift. Matter of fact, it can be called a bufurated gift, if you want to call it that, right? Because a trust is a bufurcated gift. The gift in trust is bufurcated in that the legal title to the property is given to one party, which is the trustee, while the equitable interest is given to another, which is the beneficiary. That's what makes it bufurcated, right? So the equitable interest is the right to use the benefit from the property, right? This is why um, Flojo, her mama, like when Flojo died, her mama was like, well, shit, my daughter was letting me live here before she died, and she told me I could live here after she died. Now, you and I both know that more than likely, unless Flojo was on the deathbed, she probably didn't tell her mama, if mama, if I die, you can keep on living here. Right? But it, had it been expressed, had they even thought enough to just write the shit down, it wouldn't have never been an issue as to an argument. Right? Okay? So then you have, and really that's what's known in trust as an ongoing gift. So the statement that the trustee holds and manages the trust property implicitly indicates another difference between the classic gift and a gift in trust. So really, her mama should have been made a trustee while she was alive. Therefore, when she passed away, she had an ongoing gift. Okay, so a trustee holds and manages the property during the lifetime of the trust, either through a bufurcate trust property, right, which because the trustee holds and manages the trust property over time, the trust property typically becomes bifurcated between the trust principal, okay, which is you know the settler, and the trust income, which is the money that's generated through the assets of the trust through the wealth of the trust. Okay, so a beneficiary's interest can be in the trust income, okay, and then the bifurcated equitable interest, right. This is where you get the equitable versus legal title and all that shit. And this is, you know, the birth certificate comes into play here for those who who like to dabble um, in in that realm, right? Okay, but but this is where equity comes into play, 
Okay, so the party who currently holds the right to benefit from the trust in the future holds the future equitable interest. The simplest bifurcation is life estate. You understand? Okay, now we um we got two minutes left in the live stream. So if you're in the chat and want to keep listening in as we go into overtime, make sure that you call in right now, 347-989-0194. And get your ass in the call line so you can keep on listening, all right? And um, by the way, make sure you check out uh, my brother Jonah on Mondays and Wednesdays on Jonah Bay Radio, and he's over here on Fridays on New Revolution, and check out Dr. Set on Tuesdays, all right? And we'll be doing our entrepreneur show every Saturday, all right? All right, now, just to get back to this, right, because we're going to go into overtime tonight. Obviously, this is a longer topic, but there's some basic trust rules when it comes down to wealth creation, right, and how things are funded, right? But the basic rules relating to trust that are critical to understanding um, all of the laws, really, right? Because I, I want you to understand that, that wealth is a, it, it's, it's a, it's a slow process when you're creating wealth, depending upon how you acquired it, right? But trust is one of those processes where it's intertwined with your wealth. So the same party. Right, can wear all three hats, although there are three distinct parties to a trust the settler, the trustee, and the beneficiary. Right now, let me just pull something to y'all. I got it here in the book. All right, and this brings me to my next point. Right, let's say that you create a foreign trust, right? And, and this is really important, right? Because a United States citizen who transfers property to a foreign trust. With a United States beneficiary is treated as the owner of that trust, right, under Section 679. So the provision was added by the 1976 Tax Reform Act in combination with other provisions changing the tax rules applicable to foreign trusts. So they're settlers and beneficiaries so as to discourage people from doing this, right? A lot of times, they don't really want you, especially if you haven't changed your status over and done the right things. They don't really want your ass creating foreign trust, but it's very it's very illegal for a U.S. citizen to create a foreign trust, but don't be the settler and the beneficiary. You create that bitch as a trustee. Alright, we just went into overtime. Okay? Now, Trust rules, right? So, number one, the same party can wear all three hats, okay? And the same party is both the trustee and the beneficiary. There is no other trustee or beneficiary. The legal title and the equitable title are said to merge. And this is a good reason why the person who creates the trust, right, must specifically put in terms who is who and who has the right to, to do certain things in the trust, because if you pass away, right, and, and you didn't explicitly write down who is who and, and what the different roles are, well, then guess what the fuck happens? Okay? Number two, right, a trust is not created until it's funded. And this is the whole Michael Jackson thing. 
right? But a trust is not created for this funding. A trust is not funded until the property is transferred, right? Funding a trust is a distinct aspect of the trust, right? And it's different from the expression of the intent to create the trust. See, that's what I'm saying. You can fund the trust and put a dollar in that bitch. As long as you funded it and put something in it, it existed, which means that everything else you own, if you didn't get a chance to put it in the trust, means you had um, the intent on doing it. Okay? Number three, a trust will not fail for the want of a trustee. What do I mean by this? Well, the settler, right, where the settler or the, the person who, the grantor, where that person clearly expresses the intent to create a trust and provides for funding, a trust will not fail for the want of a trustee. Meaning that if the trustee declines to serve, a named trustee is not required to serve, but rather must accept the appointment. So if the trustee dies or is unable to continue, or if the settler forgot the name of the trustee, a court will appoint a successor trustee. And this is why your ass got to write that shit down. Because do you want the court to step in and, and once again probate your estate? Yes, we may put our trust in probate, but they only have jurisdiction when they absolutely have to step in. Okay, so what's the exception here? If the court concludes that the powers given to the trustee are personal or to be exercised only by that trustee, Right, if the settler intended the trust to last only as long as the name trustee serves the trustee, the court will decline to appoint a successor trustee, and the trust basically will fail. Okay, so the court will construe this exception narrowly, and then they'll probate your shit. You don't want that. Okay, so before we go to the car lines, because our time is limited here. There are four requirements that you need to know, right, to create a valid trust. And number one, the settler must have the intent to create the trust. Two, there must be funding, property transferred to the trust. Three, the beneficiaries must be ascertainable, meaning somebody can find their ass. And four, it's got to be a writing. Okay? Now, Obviously, just because you put it in writing does not make it an express trust. An express trust is a very different type of trust. It operates in its own jurisdiction. Okay, but in trust period is what I'm dealing with right now, right? Because there's a lot of people who, who won't go as far to set up the, the type of trust. I, I dealt with a guy a couple weeks ago. He didn't want to set up an express trust. He wanted to do it in the Vivos Trust, and he wanted to do it under under statute. And I tried to explain to him. But he wanted to do what he wanted to do, so I had to respect that, right? But what I mean, what what can you do? Okay. Now I want y'all to look up a case. It's uh, Lux versus Lux. Okay. And and this dealt with um, a woman who left her estate to her grandchildren. Okay. And and basically um, it provided that her real estate be maintained for the benefit of the grandchildren. And it shouldn't have been sold, right? Until the youngest reached the age of 21, and then they could all come together and then they would decide. But the court ruled that the the use of the phrases shall be maintained and shall not be sold, indicated, 
to the intent to create the trust, right? So the court appointed the executor of the estate as the trustee. Okay, this is an older woman. It's Lux versus Lux. Okay, then there's another case I want y'all to check out called Jimenez versus Lee, right? And this is where um, a daughter sued her father for breach of trust. The daughter claimed that the two gifts to the father for the benefit of the daughters to be used for her education constituted trust. Although the grantors did not use any of the, the technical terms or uh, expressly state that the gifts were in trust, the grantors clearly indicated that the money being given to the father was to be used for the daughter's education. Right? So the court held that because the grantor intended to vest the beneficial interest in the daughter, the grantor had the intent to create a trust, and the father had held that the money in question as the trustee. So I want y'all to really understand this, right? Um, because, you know, things can get a little fuzzy when we're talking about trust, right? But the requirements to create a trust to preserve your wealth are really straightforward, right? And, and I told y'all, there's, there's, a, there's a testing time, right? And they, they call it the testing powers, right? Where they'll test your trust. They'll put your shit to the test, right? And you have uh, a, a limited amount of time. To get your shit together, twelve months to be exact. If they come and holler at you, all right. So um, there's a lot of info that we went over tonight. All right, this is a wealth building series that we that we're doing. Next week we'll go back into some more law. All right, and uh, I'll keep on going. Check out last week's show, right? We went into sovereign immunity, but you know this deals specifically, you know, with with wealth creation because trust technically is a wealth creation tool. It's a wealth preservation tool as well, right? And only the, the wealthiest of people historically would use trust. Um, you know, historically, and, I, and there was a brother who brought this up, but historically, if if you were uh, part of the, the church, the Catholic church, if you, were, if you were under the crown, things of that nature... Right, you had to be in your own trust, right, to to not be subject to fiefdom, right, or fiefdom as they call it, right. And I'll just, let me give y'all, okay. let me give y'all a definition here. Okay, so fief, fiefdom or fief, fiefdom, right, and it's the it's always goes back to your vassals, your lords, things like that, right. But a fief was a central element right of feudalism it, it consisted of heritable or hereditary right property or rights that were granted to an overlord to a vassal who held it in a selfie or a fee simple relationship right? like y'all know about fee simple right in return for a form of feudal allegiance or service usually given by the personal ceremonies of homage and fealty so a lot of times these niggas couldn't own land. So, because the church could own it, right, they would hold the shit for them in fee simple relationships, right? The fees were often lands of revenue producing real estate, uh, real estate property held in feudal land tenure, right? So, basically, these people held their shit in trust through the church, right? We're talking about their wealth creation tools. These are typically known as fiefs or fiefdoms, 
right? And not only land, but anything of value could be held in a fee simple relationship, including governmental office, uh, the rights of uh, exploitation, uh, hunting, fishing, uh, things of that, right? Monopolies, tax forms, okay? In, in ancient Rome, a, a benefice was a gift of land, right, for life. So once again, it was a gift, just like you gift shit over in a trust. Okay? All right, so some things to think about tonight. Go back and listen to the show. We're on podcast and we're in the SoundCloud archives. This show will be available on Blog Talk Radio and podcast right after. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and hop on these call lines. All right. You right here on the bottom line on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joy Bouncell Bay. We'll be right back. <laughs> I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the van up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and me when you find me, better grip your knife Put that Felipe Aviani, we on a different time Had to hustle and rob, they ain't leave me a choice This can't be life, Jay-Z and Bean's voice Never had a nine to five, I ain't believing that So the block is where I decided I'm eating that The staircase is where the fiends used to meet me at Police searching me, looking for work, but I was cheeking that Was on that block every night, getting to that bag Wanted that Koozie and Versace shit Biggie had Cooking that cocaine till it turned hard I'm living in hell, still believing in God I got faith like I'm Frank White Fiends don't want that work if it ain't right Niggas don't want you coming up if they ain't eating The block's up and I'm out here, I ain't leaving I'm popping, I ain't one of these lame niggas Me and Carmelo Anthony fucking the same strippers Going hand in hand is what made me a boss I know how to bounce back after taking the loss See tough guys turning the bitches in court Just made them realize they ain't as tough as they thought Bodies done dropped for this money I got I earned these diamonds that I got in my watch I earned these diamonds that I got in my chain I treated myself for putting in all of that pain I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the van up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent a dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But definitely Fabiani, we on a different time I wanna open this up, telling y'all I'm opening up I wanna be able to smell it before I open it up That shit ain't potent enough, I be plotting low in the cut Looking at the TV like that's supposed to be us But who am I to blame? I'm still a student of the game I maneuver out the rain and bump my shooters when I shame Yeah, I need a bitch that's a down one When them pounds come, make this out of town run Don't lead till your round's done Time to time I still chop it up with the old heads They told me how most niggas snitch when you go fast Told me to switch the hustle to flow dead My brother pop died and flow dead You ain't quote dead Times I still wish I had a brick for the coke heads Pull up with a mountain of snow and tell them go sled Remember Halloween's back when we used to throw eggs yeah. Still in mopeds, gave a fuck what the Pope said fuck. Nigga, which one you happen to pick? 
Judge by 12 or carry by 6 Granddad said be careful with the drugs Don't let them defeat you I said I don't do the drugs I just tell them the people He told me it's cold love when you going up Couple niggas come through and see how you holding up Pictures on your cell wall that you was holding up Give it some time, them packages and them bitches start slowing up I can't trust these niggas, they be switching sides Trapping in the band up with your bitches side Money new, hundreds blue, I just spent the dime Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Me and you are not the same, we on a different time Try and lie me when you find me, better grip your knife But definitely Fabiani, we on a different time Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, man, we back. We back. Let's go to 240-619 on the line. What's happening? Peace to the guys. What's going on, Joey? What's up, bro? Peace to the guys. How are you? Oh, wonderful, magnificent, and great. And so thankful for large sums of money that come to me ASAP. And these are Yes, sir. Yo, I, I, I like that. Hell of a show. <laughs> Man, that is a hell of a show. Over my, I, I went way over my time tonight, but I appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Man, I had to start writing down questions because you kept dropping more information. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it be like that, man. You know, that's how the ancestors work, man, where they're trying to work through you, man. And, you know, I, so I appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Oh, no doubt. So uh, with the trust ways, is that why, you know, because it's considered property of the trust, but um, is that one of the reasons that you actually say we are residents? Because it's the uh, U.S. trust? <laughs> residents, yeah. Now, you, you know what, that's, that, that's so funny that you say that because I don't think that that's something that we've ever actually really brought up and discussed. But yeah, a, a, a resident, right, is considered a lot of times a citizen, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that and that, per, and that person is is new is uh, municipal, right? And and a lot of times that is the property of somebody else's trust. Like you said, if you ain't under your own shit, you're under somebody else's shit. You're not a national. You're considered a a, a resident, right? Right. Yeah, that that was crazy because that question was running through my head for years, and I just finally thought about it. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Trust res resident. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Since we talk about the res, as the trust obtains property, um, and you know, it continues to go out and obtain more. Would it be considered to be on the same lines as the uh, federal area? But, you know, not the federal area. It would be your trust area. Wait, ask that again. I think you got to ask that in a different manner. All right. So as the trust obtains property, so every time it reaches out to do something new, it's going to actually incorporate it into the trust. And it will be actually taking it out of a jurisdiction of another, putting it into ours like a federal area somewhat, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So so every time, so like let's say you go buy a car, right? Um, and 
they, they take the car and it's titled in your name, right? Well, you will obviously want to take it out of your name and you put it into your trust name. So then it becomes property of the trust, just like a, just mm-hmm. like a federal jurisdiction would be. Yeah, it's right, the same thing right, like right. With, your, with, with your crib. You take your crib out of the county's trust, you put it into your trust. Now it's in its own jurisdiction. Right, right. So technically, it's clean off their papers. Mhm, mhm. That's right. And then uh, when you were talking see, about the form fifty six, do we need to send that in? Well, see, I like to do a form fifty six because the form fifty six lets the IRS know who the fiduciary is for the fiduciary status. Right. Okay. Right. And that makes lets, sense. It lets, it lets them know. Yeah, it lets them know who's in charge of the particular trust or the assets or because or, or, the asset can be considered a business, right? So that's the reason right. why you do a Form 56. So they know who to reach out to. Yep. Got you. And then the last question I got, Joey, is about the DBAs because once the trust is filed, then you got to do your new DBAs for the trust doing business, right? Right, correct. You should. Oh. Yep, you should. Your trust should do business so, with pretty much all the entities that you have. Right. So, so the original DBAs, do we close them out, or do we do like an amendment to a new one with the same name? No, because you know DBAs expire. Like especially where I'm at, your, your, your DBA yeah. will eventually expire. So if you already yeah. got one for something else, you can just leave it and create another one. And and what happens is, is the court will always consider uh, what was more recently done to be the newest addition or the newest yeah, so amendment. That makes sense. Yep. Oh, that's yep. Yep. And, and I want to touch back on something that you mentioned, right? Because the word resident, right? And resident, and I'll just pull this up. It says resident or in full resident minister is a government official, right? Or in government actor that's required to take up permanent residence as part of a country, a representative of the government. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, so a, a resident is government property. Trust property. Yep. That goes along with the uh, one of your old shows when you was talking about um, operating as an officer of the government with the elite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 Oh, man, exactly. that's fine. Because you, you know that anytime they give you a social, you consider it an agent. Right. Yep. You know, yeah. They give you a number to track you with. So. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yep. Oh, sure. Are. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy as hell. But yeah, man, it's fire. It I'm going to play this about six to nine times. God damn. So like yeah, that. I'm going to play it back my damn self. Thank you, bro. I appreciate hell, yeah. that. We're going to keep dropping it, man. We'll, we'll do a part four in two weeks on this. Yeah. Oh, can you spell the, um, you said Lux versus Lux? Is it L-U-X or L-U-C-K-S? L-U-X. Lux versus Lux. L-U-X versus L-U-X. All right. Appreciate that, God. I'm going to check it out. Check it out. All right. Peace, bro. Peace. One. One. All right. Let's go to uh, 313590. What's up, bro? I hear you back there in the background. Yeah, I'm on the plantation. Well, wonderful, magnificent, and great. 
Yeah. It's a good activity. Yeah. Bro, bro, bro. Yeah, I tell you what, lock, lock me in for tomorrow in the morning. You call me in the morning. Yeah, I call early. You gonna be up? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, yeah, I was with fam. I was with family. Give me a call in the morning. Okay, cause I gotta be back on the plantation at nine thirty. Gonna be about seven. A great breakfast, man. I'm getting a lot of aha moments, man. You guys dropping that shit. Yeah, I'm finding out some more stuff. Yeah, I'm finding out some more stuff on that Michigan uh, shelf case. Thank to you guys telling me to read some more. Yeah, but you see a stick in the trap. Okay, cool. It's hard to hear you, man, because you got all the machines in the background running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Peace to God. Okay, peace, God. That brother back there working. You can hear it. 727-580. You're on the line. 727-580. Peace to the God, Joe. How you doing, bro? Sure, yeah, I had bro. To find Peace a to the God. How's your health? Yeah, I had to find a My health's good, good, man. Getting better, man. Great, great, great. Back on my bike, man. Mm. Back. Everything is. I'm about, I'm almost at 100%. I'm about 95 I should be back at 100 in the morning. I appreciate you asking, man. Thanks for asking, definitely. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm in a sticky situation. Well, I'm not in a sticky situation. The people in a situation about they trust. They're in an annuity trust. Right. Okay. So So they're getting annuities. Yeah, I mean, they got a settlement. They already got a settlement. It's just a big settlement. And they just... Got put in some kind of annuity trust, man. I mean, Pops just passed, man. I really need some help. I don't want to put it all out. But his mom's trying to put the house in one of the houses in his name. And he ain't, you know, so I'm trying to find, figure out how to set that up. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be talking to the so-called trustee next week. <laughs> I mean, because the way... Okay. It's just the way... Don't you hit me in the private. It, we can have that discussion in the private about that. Okay, let me. Because the annuity trust is, is a different. It's a, that's statutory. So a different type of trust. Yeah, I know it's a statutory. That's what I've been telling. It's definitely a statutory trust. That, they ain't know no information about it. He's trying to. He's trying to get it set up properly. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just. I I I've been trying to do some research on the annuity trust and the way the way he's telling me and the way what I've been reading, man. This is fucked up. You know. This this fucked up. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, the lawyer, yeah, yeah, no doubt. The lawyer and, and, like and it's subject. Yeah, it's subject to all the laws that created it too. I mean, yeah, it, it, it like deals with real good. It seems like the lawyer eating real good, man. You know, this nigga, he the trustee. You know what I'm saying? His partner, his partner's like the settler or the trustee. I mean, this shit is, it's kind of fucked up, though. It's, it's yeah, and up, it's man. and the thing is, there's different types of annuity trust, right? Because basically, the settler put all of the property in the trust and then gave it to the trustees to manage, right? And so, I mean, it, it's a fixed income trust. That's yeah, it's it kind of like with, a fixed income. fixed income. Yeah. Yeah, because they got like a big lawsuit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, but, I mean, Joey, man, I, I need some clarification because my, I know my reading, my legal leave ain't up to par where it should be, but, man, 
how how can his partner who who was like the lawyer who set up the case set the trust up then his boy is like the trustee of the trust. You know what I'm saying? Wait, ask me that again, brother. <laughs> I say his his the lawyer who set up the case for him in the lawsuit and everything, he set up the trust. So then his he said his boy got some kind of another company and he's like the trustee of the of their trust. You know what I'm saying? Nigga don't even really come through like okay. he's supposed to. You know what I'm saying? I don't, uh, I, uh, I, I, so, I kind of so, think so that was so like then you need to look at the declaration. Yeah, so we we need to look at the declaration first of all and see how the trust was set up and then see what provisions may allow that person to be removed. And that's where the trust protector comes in to say, okay, this person ain't doing their job or they are doing their job. And the trust protector, whoever that is, will then have the power to remove the trustee, um, you know, if he's not doing his job. Well, here's my question to you. Would that be a boy if we like a, be able to set him up personally in his own trust, you know, and be able to take control of that trust? Or is it, is it, are they stuck in that trust? No, no, they're not stuck in that trust. He can create his own trust, but the thing about it is, is that unless the settler or whoever created that trust specifically gets permission, or the, or like I said, the trust protector, unless that person specifically gets permission for the income of that trust to go to a new trust, then the income from that trust stays in that trust. But he's fine to create his own trust. He, matter of fact, he could create his own trust and put all his income that he does get into that new trust. But if it's like a fixed income, they like breaking money yeah, off every see, month. The, and, and that's the and that's the problem. And that's why I said you need to look at the declaration and see who who the trust protector is because if it's fixed income and, the, and a lot of times the lawyer is the, is making himself uh, guardian at light of type shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what He's it sounds like. The kinda, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Cause the way he he was explaining it to me, him and his mom was explaining it to me. I was like, ooh, I was like, uh, yeah. And she she don't yeah. have really the it, declaration. It, 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 yeah. it comes down to that paperwork. We got to look at the paperwork. See what's in the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. That's what I that's what to do We got to do it in the private because I got to look at I got to yeah, look definitely. at what's what, what's been written down. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I was just giving you a heads up on kind of how the situation was. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Kind of I got question. you. Here's my question on the trust. My my, mm. my trustee could be my, a beneficiary too, not me. So I'm the seller. One of my trustees, like baby mama, you know, because she's a trustee. Yeah, you can, but what I would do is make them a second trustee. And I would make your kids, obviously, the. Yeah, I'd make, I'd make kids and, and her the beneficiary, but I'd make her a second trustee in the event that something happens to the first trustee. See, like, okay, here's my other question. It can, can I fi- it can be considered a conflict of interest if you're not careful. Okay. So, so, I, so, I should, so my initial paperwork, I should, I should at least have two trustees. Yep. Yep. So, I would. Can I have my, can I have my foreign trustee? Can I file my foreign trustee with my, with my initial? Okay, okay, I'll just make it sure. I thought we were supposed to wait. Cause 
Man, no, oh, you can, like man, look, you can yeah. put you can put your foreign currency in the paperwork. Soon as, if you got their passport and shit, you can put it in the paperwork. Soon as yeah, you got, uh, the I, got trust, a, I, I got I got the trust yeah, I got rate. all of them. Okay, so I'll be yeah. good by making her the, the beneficiary, but make her the second, third beneficiary of the trust. Yeah, yeah. Even the, even the yeah. fourth. It's, it's legal. It's completely lawful and legal to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember when it's expressed, you express it however you want to. Okay, but I don't. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. All right. Hey, did you get the, did you get the chance to check out my um new type of paperwork, man? I know it's kind of late. No, I, I haven't. Take, uh, I haven't, man. I, I haven't. I just yeah. I just I just slowed down. I've been working on the lawsuit. So if you want to email it to me again, you can send it to me again. I'll check it out. Yeah, I did. I didn't need no help on it. I just wanted you to look at it, see how I fixed it up. Yeah, I, I know email it to last me again. Time you, last you time you seen it, it was a little rough. Yeah, 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 email it, it to it me again if you don't mind. I will, I will. I will. Well, I appreciate the show tonight, man. Definitely information to Joe. Appreciate, appreciate you too, God. Appreciate you all day, man. Peace to the God, man. All right, God. Peace to the God. All right, let's go to four zero seven six six eight on the line. Peace to the God, Joey. Peace to the God. What are you? Peace to the God. So going, I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm wonderful, magnificent, God. I'm just taking. I got four pages of notes, Joey. <laughs> oh, that's good. Shit, sound like class, don't right. it? Oh yeah, you got a good class. I I, I got better with, you know. Uh, Paying attention in class and taking better notes, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Notes mm-hmm. is always good. The good thing is it's recorded, huh? Oh, yeah, it's recorded. It's just, you know, yeah, it's recorded and written, so it sticks better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, wanted, I was asking, um, um, I got some stuff straight in my state. Um, you know, I got stuff um, back to square one. But I was asking something about um, the way we set it up in our state with probate and um, and the deeds office, right? Um, okay. The deeds the deeds office accepts declarations of trust, right? Okay. Now, my thought was, would we still have to first go to probate or do it at the deeds? And then bring it to probate if they're accepted. Well, here's here's what makes a difference. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. to the probate office and they don't accept mm-hmm. your deed, then that means that you're going to need to do a petition for them mm-hmm. to open up an estate file to file the deed of trust, and then you go down to the other office and record it in the public record, right? Or you can record it in the public record, get a, a copy of the case file, and then turn around and do a petition for them to open up in the state file. And that's only going to be based on how they how they act with you when you go up in, you know, if you can even go up in the probate office there. <laughs> no. You know. Yeah. No. So, so more than likely, you're going to probably need to do a petition and to get into okay. their probate division because it's got to be done like that in Louisiana and a couple other places. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, I want to ask you another quick question on that. They were saying, I was reading different um, things in the state about trust, irrevocable, revocable trust. And in some of the trust, in the trust code, 
it was talking about the execution requirements, right? And it said mm-hmm. if it had any testamentary aspects, it must be executed with the formalities of a will. And so that would lead up to your yeah. petition, which you were explaining to me, right? Now, right. it said right. the formalities was meaning you had to have two witnesses on your document. Now, okay. I wanted to run that by you with the declaration. What do you think about that when they explain that and would that apply for an express trust declaration with putting two witnesses? No, because it's no um, no no because there are two different types of trust. A testamentary yeah. trust um mm-hmm. is well let's let's be specific, right? Because testament the word testamentary is like testament, right? So it, it, it deals mm-hmm. with something that happens after death. So it yep. doesn't even come yep. into an effect until after you die. Versus the express trust, which is a completely different type of trust. Just like the bank told me, the bank, because I even even at the bank, I forgot to put express mm-hmm. down on the paper, and they came back and said you need to write express because, as you know, it's a very different type of trust than a regular exactly. trust. So it's all about. True. So a lot of it has to do with the name of the trust. That's why when, when mm-hmm. I'm going over the rules and I'm like, you know, there's four rules to creating a trust. Those are basics, but then when you get down yeah, to the yeah. inner. Workings of it, testamentary yes, it trust is. specifically deals with niggas that are dead, mm-hmm. and that person created yep. the trust and had other people witness and sign it. So this way, when he did die, instead of it going to probate, right, and them opening up a probate, it it automatically refers back to the paperwork. Versus an express mm-hmm. trust deals with okay, we set this up while I was alive, but the only person who really had to be there was me. And the notary. Yep, truly. See yep. What I'm saying? That 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 that's lawful right there. I I I, yeah. I want to end it with this because we went to um, probate right this months ago, right? Went to probate, and what they said here in the state and um, was we can't we need more than this. That's what they said. That's why the you got petition. That's why you got. That's why you need a petition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you need a petition. I was just, you know, I think the man knows, Joey. I was just dropping questions to lead to my point that I already had right now what I need to do. And I just wanted to run it by you and hopefully some people in my state. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just put your petition together and and, and include Mm -hmm. the declaration with the petition. Or you can put the petition together and let them open up the estate file. And then you can start probating the estate. By hey, here's my declaration of trust for the estate. Mm-hmm. To do the administration as I want. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I feel you. I feel. You. I feel you. Yo, Joey. Much respect, love forever, bro. Peace to the God. I appreciate Thank what you're doing. Thank you, God. You, Same to you, bro. All right. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Peace, God. Power to you. All right. Uh, a couple more calls, then we get out of here. Nine one seven seven nine six on the line. Peace to the gods. Peace. Go with you. How's it going, man? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Listen, I, um, I had a question uh, in regards to to the trust. Um, you know, you know, with this COVID, you know, issue and stuff. You know, a lot of stuff um, slowed down in terms of business. COVID or covert. Uh, <laughs> no, no, COVID, a pandemic, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the play, exactly. And you, and you, you already know that I own a construction company, so 
Um, yes, I do. They had offered. I, li- I like the work you've been doing too, by the way. Oh man, thanks, man, thanks. We're about to uh, yeah, put up the website and stuff, nice. you know. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. I saw that patio. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um, no doubt. So um, I'm 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 about to uh, you know basically they they offered me uh, the PPP and stuff, but then you know I just I I was doing the research you know because I ain't gonna do nothing unless I know. So. Um, I heard Jonah on Friday talk about it, you know, and um, I want to ask you, what's the alternative, you know, in terms of um, uh, instead of the PPP, because I know that it, it, that's a basically grant? a um, right, a grant. Okay. So, but here's the thing about yeah. it: it still comes from the government. So, so either way, you're going to still have an obligation in terms of um, what they would consider to be. How you use that money? So just make sure you know all of the rules on how you use the money. Because like with the PPP, the first ten thousand you ain't got to pay back, but anything over that you got to pay back. Well, I mean it's to grow the business. It's not. It's not. It's not right, obviously else, it is. Yeah, it's to grow the business. But no, no, I, yeah, I know. I understand completely. You know that's why most people have gotten it is to grow the business. But think about this: if you tell them that you got five employees and you pay the employees, but um, you pay yourself. As one of the employees, they they may come holler at you. It's like they did with that brother who went and bought a he went and bought him a, a Maybach or whatever the fuck it was. They came and put this thing in jail for money laundering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so you got to be real careful about how you how you use another truck. Because remember, it's a truck, and they're giving money out right. in their truck. Right, right, but you so know. then, what is the alternative other other than I mean, I, I'm gonna hit you off. Um, basically, in private, um, is, is there an, an, an alternative other than um, you said grant, right? Yeah. But other than that, yeah, yeah. So government grants, and then private grants, and then obviously you can always go to private lenders. There's a lot of private lenders that's giving out money right now as well. Um, right. That's not tied into PPP. Um, and then other than that, you know, if you got assets and shit like that that you can cash in and create a liquid cash flow, that's always good too. Right. Right, right. Yeah, because, uh, you know, kind of given the, the, you know, given the coronavirus issue, you know, when they started shredding everything down, you know, things have slowed down in terms of construction. So, you know, I'm trying to recoup some of that and also, you know, I mean, always use it twice, you know, going to business and stuff, so um, I'm trying to weigh my options here. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, and I, I got some um, couple links I can I can forward you for some different uh, companies that are giving out loans and things like that, but if you don't want to take a government loan, then I would tell you the next best option. Your next, your next best option is either take a grant, which has its stipulations, um, or take a private grant, or take a private lender. Right. Yeah. All right. Because I mean, you know, yeah. to, to get a significant amount of capital, you're gonna have to borrow some money. You know, um, if you want anything that's really significant, like I have to borrow the shit. But there's other people other than the government giving out money. Right. Right. You got that connect. Yeah, I'll send I'll send you some. I'll send it to you privately on Instagram. 
right. I have no doubt. All right. All right. I mean, that was my okay. question. That, that's all. And, okay, uh, God. You know, great, you great show. Great show. Definitely. Thank you, God. Thank you. Good to hear from you, bro. I'll, I'll hit you up with some links. All right. No doubt. All right. Peace. All right. Uh, 310-403. You're on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, Joey? What's up, boss? What's going down? Hey. hey ain't nothing, man. It's Will. Hey. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to chime in real quick because I, I heard the brother talking about, uh, you know, domicile and all that. And uh, I was going to say real quick, if you start, like, I, I got that uh, Duo, that Duolingo app. Like if you you start studying mm-hmm. Latin a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not anywhere near studied, and I just kind of start dabbling in it. But when you start studying Latin, you start realizing the real words that you're supposed to be using, like for your yep. home and stuff, like yep. dome, like dome, like for domicile, dome. Yep. So you yep. start seeing yep. exactly. like where words to stay away from and where words to really use when you start studying yep. Latin. That's why you that's use domicile versus residence. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You're 100% so you, right, you start studying that, and it is a more Latin. You know, the Duolingo, you start seeing it, man. Yeah, Duolingo is a dope program. You can put it on your phone too. Yeah, exactly. You Super can just dope. like five minutes. All you need is like five minutes. You can start learning Latin. Like I mean, like nothing, man. Like for real, man, it's free. Like, just like, download yeah, like right it away. Start learning. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we get, man. You got to understand. All of the context of the legalese that they use, and get yourself in that international mind frame of using other languages, because that's because we're gonna it's gonna come down to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they always, uh, dang, I forgot who, I forgot who was teaching it. I can't remember if it was like Yaffa Bay or, or somebody. Because I listen to so many people. Yeah, but they were yeah, breaking yeah, down yeah, how they say. Yeah, uh, used to teach. Yep, she used to teach. Yeah, um, they, uh, uh, what was it? Um, she, etymology. Yeah, they they were breaking down how Latin is a dead language, but that's not what you think it means. They mean dead, like it's not living, like it doesn't change anymore, like it's absolute. You know, <laughs> but what I'm saying? it's like, still alive though, my nigga. Like, yeah, very much well, so. No, they use like, it all up in the court. Not, not well, yo, no, that's exactly, but it's absolute. Like they saying it's dead, like it doesn't change, like it's it's absolute, like it, like so English, you constantly getting mm-hmm. like you know we play on words, we you know we change, like it, it's like definitions are constantly getting added, right. but, but but then but, when you get but, to but, something but like it's an absolute like, language, you can't you can't abbreviate that shit, you can't bastardize yeah, the yeah, language. Like, you can't, like the word is what it is, it's not gonna change on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he yeah. that's real. So that, that's what they mean by it's a dead language. They don't mean it's dead like nobody uses it. They mean it's dead like it's not going to change anymore. Yeah, um, exactly. Because, you know, so you can't they, be, they say English can't be is forked. a... Uh... Go ahead. No, like you can't be forked tongue with it anymore. Like they can't come to you with forked tongue with that because it's absolute. Yeah, they, well, they, you know, they, you know, they, they say English is a bastard language anyway, and... That, that, that's why they, they always tell you, well, go ahead and create your own slang. Because really, a, a lot of times, your shit is going back similar to your original tongue. Because even, even before Moorish Latin, we were speaking Arabic. Aramaic. 
Yeah, yep. Yeah. No. No, I had uh no, that's yeah, that's real talk with the English. I had kinda um there's one night I, I got a little drunk and I was thinking to myself how English is kinda like it's almost like a trap in a language because it, it can be changed so much and it's still working like that. And we the type of people we like alchemists with it, so we can we can we can just play with language as we do, you know. Like you language. look at rap, we play with language all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's something like language. that, and it's still. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can get trapped in that and just change meanings nonstop. But then when you go to something like Latin or Hebrew or whatever like that, it's absolute and it is what it is. You can't be tricked by it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's you why know, you gotta be careful because they because they cast spells in, in in this fucking language that we use called English. True, true, yeah. You know, the last, it could be so careful. Yeah. Yep. Last, I'll be first. Last yeah. language on earth. But, um, yeah, yeah exactly. That Morris, that, that Morris Latin is real shit. I remember, um, uh, I think Jonah had a show about this, and he was talking about how, um, some of the Latin, you actually have to, have to know Latin to go in certain parts of the law library in the Library of Congress. You actually got to mm-hmm. speak Latin to get into certain areas of the library. Yeah, yeah, I get in, I get into uh, Prince Uriel Bay a lot. Like I got like three of his books. I'm trying to get through them. They they're tough read, man. He he got yeah, they are tough. vocabulary. <laughs> he got that vocabulary. <laughs> but yeah, he, out out, out more him, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> man, it's tough. It's tough. But uh. Yeah, he speaks on that one of his videos on YouTube. He he's like he breaks it down. He's like um, he was breaking down like the Moorish uh, national anthem, and there's a word in there. He's like, you got to use that word if you know to access the the part of the the, the library. library of Congress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. now I'll task you if you go on YouTube and pull up real based YouTube page from when he because you know the brother the brother was alive in, in the 2000s when YouTube was around he had a YouTube yep. page he actually had the national anthem on his YouTube you can go listen to it okay I know that I'll task you to go check that out yeah it's pretty cool I definitely would yeah, he has some, he has some okay. really interesting stuff on his page and you wouldn't even, I, I, you know, it took me a minute to realize. I'm like, yo, this is his page. Because I, I looked at the last time it got updated and when he passed away and all of that. And, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was trying to, to give people the knowledge on YouTube when, they, when YouTube first started. Oh, dude is serious, man. He's serious. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they took him out. I know. Yeah, yeah, y'all definitely, everybody took him out. Um, I know some of his some of his knowledge when you get into the law, like law and trust and stuff. We kind of you gotta remember he passed away a little while ago, so his stuff might be a little outdated on that. But when it comes to the history and all that, like you talking about, he, oh he man, he, he was on point. He was on point. He, he knew with the land patents that he dealt with, he, he was very on yeah. point. He knew he knew what the fuck he was talking about. And, and the thing about it is, is that's why. I mean, even the the mystery around his death is is strange because this nigga was tapping into land patents and shit. And technically, if you was to take yeah. one of his land patents and put it into your trust right now, they would probably come and holler at you too. 
He got some. He got his stuff like already in the Library of Congress and all that. Like he, like that consecrated talisman, talisman that Jonah talks about. Oh, yeah. He said that's. He said that's legit. He said that's in the Library of Congress. Like that's. It's very legit. It's, it's very legit. legit. He and said it's a legal document. He he put it in mm-hmm. as a legal document. He said it's a legal document. Yeah, and you know what it has in it, don't you? It's got it's got um it's got the the, the map coordinations and down right down to the to the degrees and all of that for the land pack for the United yeah. States. He put he yep. he that's what I'm trying to tell you, they killed this nigga because he put the United States in trust. He did a patent for it and tried to put it in trust. I believe it. I believe it for real. Yeah. <laughs> they came at the, they came and hollered at him. Yeah, I I I definitely believe it. Uh, he, <laughs> He, he was a deep, he was a very deep brother. Yeah, he yeah. was very deep. Mm-hmm. He he was in his we, videos and we his books. Book, he, started, he started talking in Latin and stuff and started breaking down. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to step back yeah, from this. His videos, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything he's talked about, man, has been like incredibly deep, man. And 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 here's the thing about it: how much of his shit do you think he put in the Library of Congress that? They didn't let hit the public, right? So you gotta, you gotta be able to get access to this. Damn right. Uh, I really believe it, yeah, man. Nah, yeah, that's yeah, man. That's, yeah, that kind of spiraled. That spiraled in a whole different direction. But yeah, I just, I didn't want to say that, but um, yeah, definitely. That's why a couple months ago out. when you sent that to me. Yeah, when you, when you sent that to me a couple months ago, I told you I had already I had already read that. It's because I I dived into his information a while back, and I remember me and Jonah had a really extensive conversation about his land patents and shit like that, man. I mean, and you know, I, I've even I've asked certain people in the community what happened to that brother, and they don't want to talk about it. So I can only deduce, you know. But his right, Latin, right, Latin yeah, is I, dope. His, his Latin is right. very dope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was. He he started going into the uh, what, is the, what is it called the Manhattan Project or whatever. He was talking, man. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I just need to check it out. Yep. Check it out. <laughs> yep, yep. Go look into that brother, man, and take his information really serious because he didn't play around. He was serious. He was a serious guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, but I just want to speak on that real quick. And then the other brother, man, uh, he already kind of answered my question because I was kind of looking for, they got the same, sounds like they got about the same uh, situation that we got in Maryland. I was kind of looking for, like, the exact language of what you're telling these folks to do when you step to the right, the right area in court, like when you file in the trust and everything, mm-hmm. like what you're telling them to yeah, do. Yeah, about exactly. How many of you had that conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm just putting my cover letter together to uh, go ahead and get that mailed out. And I was trying to, but I'm pretty sure I found it now. So, you know, telling yeah, me and you do. need to do a petition too. Do a petition yeah, yeah. as well. That was something that we didn't discuss when I when I talked to you, but it's information that I know now from Maryland. So you definitely gonna need to do a your petition as well. Yeah, I've been looking into that, and that's why I was that's why I was kind of going back and forth with that that cover letter because I was like I was looking at the laws and the codes and all that, and I was like, feel like I need to give them some instruction or something like that. But yeah, that makes sense. Yes, you do. That's that's why the petition. Yep, that's why you do the petition. If you need some help with yeah. it, you know where I'm at. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got I got okay. no problem getting that console. All right. All right, guys. Yeah, man. That's good all to hear from you. I know we're way over. All right, man. Yeah, we're way over. I'll talk to you in a minute, guys. You be good. Yeah, yeah, you too. Peace. Peace. Yes, check out that Duolingo, man. Good shit, man. Real good shit. Um, so that's the show. We went into a lot tonight. We went way overtime tonight. We actually went way over than I expected we was gonna go. Um, makemorecommerce.com, M O O R. Set up a console with me, get some products. We're gonna be putting up some new stuff soon. I got a lot of new things that I just haven't uh, rolled out yet. And I'm gonna be doing the trust webinar this month, part four, at the end of the month. All right, so I'll have a link up for that soon too. Um, that being said, man, make sure that y'all tune in next Saturday for the new entrepreneur show. Okay, we'll have uh, a couple special guests on that show. We'll interview some musicians and some business owners. If you want to get down, go to uh, make sure you send me an email, makemorecommerce at gmail.com. And uh, make sure you tune in for the Jonas Show, Monday and Wednesdays. She's here on Fridays, Open Forum Fridays, um, and Tuesdays with our set. All right? With that being said, I'm up out of here. I'll holler at y'all next week. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. That's the best of best of I need it.